Hayes, Lauren, and RJ. The Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride. Frangie, Carline, Brooks, Saunders with you. And it's a special day here at 1010XL. I think you know that by now. Uh, you've been listening all day. I know you have. And you listen every year when we do this. I trust you. That's why this community is so amazing. And what a number we hit. I think you know by now. If you don't, let me update you. We are trying to. Ra- we were trying to raise $200,000. That was our goal, right? Mm-hmm. Two hundred grand. It's a great goal. As of 3 o'clock today, you ready for this? 196,523. We are 3,500 from 200 grand already. So to hell with that goal. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. So so now that was too easy. That was too easy. So now we're trying to beat last year's total, which was two forty nine, and we're going to do it. So uh, you know the drill by now. Uh, we are helping the Tom Coughlin J Fund raise money to help families affected with pediatric cancer. The number to call nine zero four two zero seven seventy seventy, or you can text goal G O A L goal to two four three seven two five. Those are the two ways you can do it. Uh, I've, uh, by the way, I was getting ready to leave the house, and a neighbor brought over a thousand dollar check. Oh, that's oh awesome. one that's of my amazing. neighbors, Bob Burke. Thank you, Bob, for doing that. Thank you. And uh, and Bob was Bob. I mean, I was walking out the door, and he said, "Hey, take this in there." So uh, so that's how we're going to start it with a thousand ten dollars from Bob Burke. I'm going to go take that down there right now. I think some others are coming in as well. So we certainly do appreciate that uh, very very much. Um, uh, this is an important day. We'll talk sports. We'll talk Jags and Gators and Knowles and and all the stuff in championship games and a lot going on in the world of sports. That's all coming up today. But this is an important day. This is a day where you can make a difference. And frankly, a day you've always made a difference, which is why you are so awesome. And, and if you're listening to me today, you've probably been part of this. And so you are awesome. This is, we, we, are, we are just a, kind of a portal. We're kind of the, 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 the middleman uh, to help you help Tom and that, that magnificent charity he's got. And it's amazing how much they've done. Tom will be in studio with us in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, in, the, in between now and then, we'll meet some families that are affected positively by the J Fund. But it's an emotional day. It's a special day, and it's one of I think all of our favorite days of the year. Absolutely, the com- the Tom Coughlin J Fund has been able to give twenty four million dollars since its inception to local families. That's an astounding number, and it's unfortunate that there have had to be fifty six hundred families to have yeah. to go through this. But if you're going to hear the words that your child has cancer, thank goodness the Tom Coughlin J Fund is here to help. And is there instantaneous? I mean, it, it's 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 phenomenal hearing the stories. Because uh, they're 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 so tragic, and it's 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 I it, it's it's unfathomable to go through something like this, and and the fact that from the initial diagnosis at the hospital, the J Fund is there immediately uh, to try and take you know as much of the uh, burden as they can off of these families. It's uh, it's incredible. You know, we've we've had the the pleasure of meeting so many people that have been so positively affected by the J Fund. And it's the easiest check that you write, you know, every year. I mean, it's just it's such a worthwhile cause because these families are going through just, I mean, a, a, a crisis unlike anything you can think of. Yeah, and they really are haze. And, and and we say it, you'll hear the families talk about it. As a parent, as a parent, imagine having the doctor, the oncologist, the general doctor, whoever it is you speak with, say, I have to tell you your child has cancer. Just imagine beyond everything else that you have to deal with, imagine those words, if you are a parent and many of the people listening to us are, imagine the words and how the words would hit you. And then and then everything else, 
And so, um, so, so certainly that'll be part of it. Uh, one of the things we talk about today on the program. Uh, to that end, every hour we have a sponsor, one of our terrific sponsors out there, that are going to match your dollars as long as we get to a dollar figure. Now, I don't, it should be easy, but I want to get there. Between three and four, Window World of Northeast Florida is going to match the first 6000 we raise in here. So we get $6,000. i am about to start it with $1,000 right here. It's a good way to start it. If we raise $6,000 in this hour, Window World of Northeast Florida is going to match it with another $6,000. Uh, Dreamfinders Homes is doing the same thing in the 4 o'clock hour, and my friend Billy Nimnick and Lee Nimnick and the Nimnick Family Dealerships are doing it in the 5 o'clock hour. So that's how this is going to work. All three of those wonderful companies. So we got to get to 6000 right out of the gate. So right now, uh, don't wait around, folks. Call the number, 904-207-7070, or you can text the word GOAL to 243-725. This is a, I said this yesterday. I'm proud of a lot of things this radio station is. I said this, uh, Stephen, and when we, he built this thing, he was going to be committed to high school athletics, and we've, I don't think we've ever missed a media day. I think we, were help, we helped start some of the media days. Uh, we, we air high school games on our air all the time, not just football, lacrosse and basketball and other sports. I'm proud of that. I'm proud that we've elevated to where we're the, we're the flagship station of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the, that's the creme de la creme in, the, in our industry. I'm proud that we're the, the Jacksonville station for the Gators. I'm proud of the great sports talk we have on this radio station. I'm thankful, so thankful that, that, that Steve helped us start it. We all started walk-off charities, and the walk-off charities isn't where it is without this radio station. But this is the real day. This is the day we, we, we help you make a difference, a real difference, uh, in families that are the victim of something uh, so terrible. So anyway, I'll, I'll go on and on about it, but it's, a, it's an emotional day for all of us. It's an emotional day for our city, and we're very proud that, that uh, the Tom Coughlin J Fund allows us to be a very small part of this. So uh, one more time, 904-207-7070. Uh, text GOAL to 243-725. All right, lots of things to talk about today. We're also going to talk some sports today on the program, by the way. Um, Jaguars final record. Don't tell me now. But be thinking about it. And why? Jaguars final record. Don't tell me now, but be thinking about it and why. Where are the pitfalls? Um, they're eight and three. They're eight and three, and most believe they're gonna win Monday. So I, I'd be I think we'd all be very surprised if and, and by the way, that's no disrespect to the Bengals, but they lost their guy. And you lost your guy. You know, I mean, if the Patriots lose lost Brady, then they're a different team. And so, um so they lost their guy. So um For the second time really this season. Yeah, yeah. Well that's right. So 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 let's have that conversation. Where, where, the, where are the pitfalls? What's the record going to be? What's the record going to be? And what postseason honors might we be in play for? I mean, Josh Allen, Defensive Player of the Year, is, is, he's obviously on the ballot. There's no doubt, is it, that he's on the ballot? On the ballot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he may not get there, but he's, he's, he's clearly on he the ballot. He can climb up that ballot. That's for right. Sure. But, but he's yeah. on the ballot. Mm-hmm. He's clear, we, we, I mean, there's six games left. Who knows what happens, you know? So if he leads the league in sacks and he's right there, who knows? So we'll certainly talk about that. So a lot of things we'll get to today. Boy, they're leaving Gainesville fast, aren't they? Yeah, but none of them are consequential. Will Norman, I thought, was. I thought Will Norman was a guy. Maybe. That I mean, he be. might be the one, but, I mean, he yeah. couldn't play on this defense. So do you think Do you think they're being run off? Do you think, you think it's Billy Napier saying, hey? Because most of the guy, a lot of the guys, I think Billy Napier said, listen, there's not a place for you. But, but, I, but I worry about him. Uh, the chatter about Shamar James and Trevor Etienne, none of well, which seems to If that happens, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah I mean, he's yeah. done, basically. Yeah, Norm, it's just a matter Norm, of Norman's time. the one I didn't like because he was in that class last year. He was right. in that class with Cersei and, and Kelby, Kelby Collins, Collins and, and, and so, uh, so that, that, James. that's but, the only one that bothered I mean, me. Yeah, but he, again, couldn't get on the field 
on a defense that was begging true freshmen to get on the field. Yeah, good point. Uh, and I mean, so they might have missed. You know, him. like I'm shocked that people are upset about Kamari Wilson. Yeah. He he hasn't been on the team right since the Charlotte game, yeah, and there's way he, more. I mean, and, and his, his he he was so clearly not going to be on next year's team, right? I mean, how that could be breaking news to anybody and, is beyond belief. To and, me. and I don't think that's. About, I mean, he hasn't suited up in nine games. Yeah, I don't think that's about play. Maybe he's a terrible player, but my guess is he just didn't connect, right? Because I mean, he 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 was he wasn't even dressing. My my guess is I I uh, who's the guy. That Colorado got out of Lakeland the five star this year, not Travis Hunter. The guy out of oh, Lakeland uh, this year, Kamari McLean. Uh, yeah, Cormani McLean didn't dress, and fi- I mean, he was. I mean, he was a five star at Colorado, and they asked Deion Sanders about it, and Deion says, "Well, uh, he needs to he needs to not be late for meetings." And he say, he "Goes he actually needs to show up at meetings." Well, okay. Well, look, he did, he wasn't trying, so maybe this guy, this, Kamari Wilson, might be the same way, right? It could, it could be the same circumstance, right? In fact, I'm gonna guess. Is probably very similar when you think something yes. like this. So, so, but we'll see. But we'll downtown see. Max Brown, that one had to bother you. Boy, downtown yeah. Max Brown leaving changes everything. <laughs> right. That's I mean, what I. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, You lose a you lose a backup yeah. kicker, and yeah. people are like, yeah. I can't believe my Halix leaving. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, well, what what are you expecting is going to well, happen here? Well, I, they've got to have yeah. like 30 yeah. players yeah. leave this team. And, and I didn't. I didn't sense. So I'm being serious here. I didn't sense a lot of concern about the guys that are leaving. Will Norman's the only one that got my attention, but it did give me pause when the rumor came out about Shamar and Trevor Etienne. Well, if that happens, yeah, yeah, they, the, the, he is but, done. And, but it's and, easy to start a rumor like that, and it people know yeah, if you're a Georgia right, fan or an right. FSU fan, you start the rumor like that because hey, get it yeah. in their brains. And, and by the way, and look, he's not good enough to play at Florida. He's probably not good enough to play in the SEC. But Max Brown transferring now is kind of kind of odd. It's an odd feeling that the guy that just started. I mean, again, he was going to have to transfer at some point. He clearly wasn't. Uh, Mertz comes back and uh, DJ Lag- Lagway. Lagway comes in, and obviously Max Brown wasn't ever playing there. But it just still felt kind of weird, didn't it? That, that, he, that he's announcing it, and and maybe what it might tell you is that, that Napier might have brought all the ones in that he's got to run off, and said, "Why? Well, I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to wait around. Let's let let." Look, Max Brown, thank you for playing in that game and doing the best you could and, and, and almost beating Missouri, helping us beat Missouri. But let's be honest with each other here. You're not playing here. Let, let me do you a I, – I, I don't want to do you a disservice. Don't do us a disservice. Let's go ahead and do this, right? And that might be – if, if he wants to play and you have to think he does, I mean, so I would think in a month you'll see that, you know, Max Brown is the new quarterback at, you know, some group of five school. I, I don't think he's got – He's going to have much of much options, but he wasn't going to play at Florida. I mean, if anything, it probably tells you Mertz is coming back right. and has told them that because if Mertz wasn't coming back, right. then Max Brown might have a chance because it's you against a true freshman, uh, and, and you might have a chance if, if Lagway struggles to learn the yeah. system. So this tells me Mertz is coming back. Obviously, they have Lagway will be the backup, and there's not going to be room for Max Brown unless two guys get yeah, hurt. Yeah, and so, and, and so, so but, uh, but the bigger picture is, it, it's happening so fast. And by the way, we said this yesterday on the air. The portal's going to be crazy. The portal this year is going to be crazier than it's ever been. Wait another, yeah. like, week. Because yeah. right now when the only official. kids that can jump in it are kids who aren't going to a bowl game. Right, right. right. So, That's I mean. Right. Grayson McCall's out there. You That's think Florida right. fans want Grayson McCall Still once again? again? Want him again? I mean, maybe I, he and Michael Pratt can come together. Maybe they can. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's what will happen. Although Tulane's still playing. Yeah, but somebody made a really good point. 
about Grayson McCall and Jackson Dart, and it's a point I think you made, Hayes, but we certainly talked about it on the air. You don't come out now if you're a middle-round pick or a late-round pick because you might have a million dollars waiting on you. The, I mean, I mean, it might there might be a million dollars there. I, Denny said he thinks the Graham Mertz dollar money is low hundreds. I don't think so. I, I think the Graham Mertz money. I'll bet you Napier loves him. He, he was really good. I, I'll bet, I'll bet the Graham Mertz money is better than uh, what I don't know anything about nil, but I'm just guessing. I would say if the uh, Washington State quarterback is, if that report is true, where he has double-digit amount of schools willing to pay him a million dollars, then I have to think Graham Mertz on the open market would fetch six hundred, seven hundred and fifty grand. Have to think. I would. That. I would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, I have, think. yeah you have to think that. I mean, there's, there's, and again, I, you, you have to believe that. So, but, but anyway, so we'll see. Well, I will tell you, man, it is going to be the wild, wild west between now and. When is when is the portal close? It's open for a month, so it's uh, like December fourth until I think January fourth, and okay. then if you make the playoff, those players get an additional week deadline. Okay. So early January. So you'll know everybody who is. Yeah. You'll know all the movement by probably like January twelfth. Right, and then there's and then there's the uh, the secondary signing day, which is sometime in February, which used to be the most important date in the world. Now nobody even knows when it is. Right. But it, but it, but it's that day. So that day comes along. Then there's going to be post-spring practice transfers because there's always those. So, I mean, between really between now and January 10th, to your point, Hayes, but even bigger than that, between now and May 1, it is really going to be the wild, wild west. I don't know how these coaches sleep at night. I don't either, I man. Mean, I, don't, I, I agree with that. So, so and, it, and it's why they're so adamant about wanting – Contracts, right? That's you know, wanting when you sign a, a letter of intent out of high school, it, you know, you're bound for at least two years. And if you signed out of the portal, you know, you should be bound for you know a number of years, so that they know and they can plan, you know, a roster and what it's going to look like. You know, right right now we have the NFL system without the contracts, right. which is just a complete joke. At least in the NFL, you know, well, I've got this guy signed for the next three years. It's up to us to cut him. College, it's just basically everybody's a free agent every year. It's just you can't. It's not sustainable. Exactly right. So a lot of sports to talk about today, but our main goal today is the Tom Coughlin uh, J Fund Radiothon. We're asking you to give a hundred bucks. Why a hundred? Well, about a hundred kids are diagnosed with cancer every year in Jacksonville. In fact, why don't you do one hundred and sixteen bucks? Because it's the sixteenth year we've done this, so that can really, really help. Call two zero seven seventy seventy. Give a hundred dollars. Uh, or more from, uh, from any time between now and 8, we would love for you to do it, or text GOAL to 243-725. Or you can also go to online to TCJFund, that's T-C-J-A-Y, TCJFund.org slash Radiothon, and find out more about it. They're helping families. Help us help them, and we just want to be a, a conduit to help you help them. So uh, we're very excited about it. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to start meeting some of the families affected by this fabulous, fabulous charity. That's after this on 1010XL. And 92.5 FM. 
Now, a 1010XL J-Fund Challenge Match. Window World of Northeast Florida proudly supports the Tom Coughlin J-Fund and the families they serve in our community. Window World installs energy-efficient windows, doors, siding, and more for Northeast Florida homeowners, increasing curb appeal, improving efficiency, and enhancing quality of life one home at a time. Please give now to help local families tackle childhood cancer, and Window World will match donations up to $6,000 until 4 o'clock. Call 207-7070 now. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. This is Eli Manning. Call now to donate to the Tom Coughlin J-Fund Radiothon and help out the families of kids who are fighting cancer. You can also donate online right now at 1010XL.com. This is Tom Coughlin. You can help us be there for these wonderful kids and their families. Please call now. Call 904-207-7070 now. Thank you for your support. Hope you'll call that number, 904-207-7070, or you can text GOLD to 243-725. A couple shout-outs. My friend Bob Burke, my neighbor, gave 1,010. Mark Carnival, outstanding golfer and golf analyst, 1,010. Thank you, Mark. And our friend Tony Marinatis, who's certainly very involved in our radio station, our managing partner, 1,010 as well. So three checks for 1,010 right out of the gate at 3 o'clock. So that That's will... awesome because we have to get to 6,000. Yes, we do. So, again, 6,000, and then it is uh, the the match goes on and on, so the match is Window World of Northeast Florida. They'll match the first 6,000 for this hour. We get to meet Denise and Camilla. Camilla is nine years old. Denise is her mom. Denise, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having us today. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming. Hi, Camilla. How are you? Good. I, I told you I liked your jacket, but you said oh, Lauren and I both said that, right? So I got, to, I got to the party late, but I like your jacket. It's very nice. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to have <laughs> you with us. I like your necklace. Thank you. My dad got it for me. That's Aww. awesome. Well, you know, it's, it's an awesome, awesome. Uh, D- Denise, tell us a little bit about uh, what Camilla has gone through. Obviously, a form of leukemia. Uh, take us through the journey a little, if you would. When she was four, she was having flu-like symptoms and leg pain. And we found out that she had AML, um, which is an aggressive form of leukemia. Most of her treatment was inpatient. She had four rounds of chemo and was in remission for about a year, and then she relapsed in 21. So then we had to go at it again and fought very hard, and she had a transplant. Um, We were lucky her dad was a match and was her donor, and we got through that. Um, Just a lot of opportunistic infections. The treatments and medications that they have to take are brutal. Um, So we had fought through a fungal infection, bacterial infections. It's just been a journey through that. So when she first came home, she was in a wheelchair, couldn't walk, helping her do everything. So to watch her get to where she is now, happy and healthy, has been a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. And and at what point does the J-Fund step in and offer assistance when you get this terrible news? Well, they they were ready to step in. From the very beginning, um, I think the first thing I got from JFUN was a book bag and a binder with helpful information and a good place to start keeping all the information that I was about to get. Um, so they were there from the, the very beginning. Financially, for us, I worked through the first diagnosis and treatment. When it came to the relapse and what I knew we were about to go through, I couldn't keep working at that time. Plus, we were 
post-COVID, different yeah. different landscape. So I couldn't work at that time, being in the hospital 24-7. So them being able to help us with mortgage assistance saved my family's back. Um, it's I don't know what we would have done without that. So just having that, knowing that was taken care of meant that I could focus on my children and be there for them. And that's the most important thing. Camilla, were you scared when all this was happening? Yes, very. And at what point did you realize you were going to be okay? Um, as soon as they started giving me the medication and all that stuff. Okay. And Denise, when it came to kind of the fun stuff that Camilla's been able to do, what was Camp Boggy Creek like? Camp Boggy Creek was great. We just came back from family weekend, and so we had a blast there. But the kids got to go over the summer. And that was her first time going to summer camp, um, an overnight experience. So it was, it was, I was nervous at first, but the kids came back. They loved it. It's so unique for them to have the opportunity to go there. When you have a child that's taking seven, eight, nine medications multiple times during the day, there's no other camp that can handle that. So going there and meeting with the nurses, um, one of the nurses that's there now was a nighttime nurse at Wolfson's when we were there. So having that familiarity and giving them a sibling experience to get to go to camp together, sing the songs on the bus, sing by the campfire, that was truly, I didn't know that they would get to do that. So I'm very grateful for that. Camilla, tell, what are some of the things you'd like to do? Tell us about you a little bit. Um, my favorite hobby is crafting and cooking. Okay. And I love to play with my puppy. Okay, tell me about your puppy. I want to know all about your puppy. Um, he's a, he's a Yorkie. His yeah. name is Zorro. <laughs> he's very noisy. <laughs> <laughs> that means he's a good puppy. Yes. Where do you go to school? Um, Optima Academy. And tell me some about the classes you like the best, and uh, and why do you like the classes the best? Art and math. Why do you like those? Because art is one of my hobbies. I almost do it. Or think about doing it almost every day. And then I math. I only like math because of the dividing, dividing and multiplying. Denise, you can really tell that Camilla is in a good place. I get that sense. Tell us about about her her, her growth and, and what how she's come through this. She's come through great. I mean, I've never seen kids be so resilient as I've seen going through this journey. I don't think adults would do it with half the grace that the kids managed to muster um she's doing great she's still on medications we still do scans about every six weeks to make sure because there's um just the the opportunistic infections that grab hold of them so we're still getting scans and working through all of that but she's happy she's healthy she's running she got to swim this summer um so we're in a good place we're happy the financial support is so crucial but also having that support what what is the J Fund meant to you in in terms of meeting other families that are going through similar situations? That's it. It's family. Um, a lot of people don't understand what we go through, or don't understand how one comment can bust you into tears, or you know. So meeting other families that have the same frustrations that may give you more tips, um, helpful ideas of what worked for them that you can do for you. So. All of that has, has been great. The sibling activities, for siblings to get to go and not be faced with the stuff all the time, but go and have fun and meet other siblings, um, it's all valuable. So the, the adult events that we've been to, 
financial coaching, just tips, insurance tips. They have meetups to help us, you know, get information about that stuff. So it's a great resource. And you know that you're going to be treated like family. You know I'm going to run into people that I've seen in Wolfson's, and you can't talk because everybody's so, you know, it's very delicate. But then you can run into families at the Christmas party and just enjoy and have good conversation. My son was playing flag football here in Jacksonville, and his coach was a J-Fun family. So just running into them at Christmas parties, like, I know you. (laughs) So it is a small world, even when it feels so big, you know. Camilla, do you have any friends that have cancer right now? I had Sloan when I went to family camp. They were one of our neighbors. Her and her sister. Her sister was, like, older than her. Okay. Me and her both, we were both, like, the little sisters in the family. Okay. And what's been your favorite thing that you've gotten to do over the last few weeks? At camp? Anywhere. Since you got your port out. Yeah. Oh, swimming. Swimming. That's been, oh. that's a really good activity. I'll, I'll bet it is. Uh, Denise, also tell us, there's special deliveries. There's Mother's Day boxes. There's Father's Day. Tell us about that. That's, that's, that's very cool, I think. I think it's great because you can kind of forget to take care of yourself or yeah. value yourself on those times. Um, we get so caught up in running around and taking care and catching this phone call and calling this pharmacy and making this appointment, and you forget to kind of step back and take care of yourself. Final question for you, Denise. With everybody listening now, why is it so important to donate, and, and what kind of a difference can pe- even a small gift, what kind of a difference can people make? They can make a huge difference in someone's family. I think that that's the biggest word that comes to mind with JFUN is family. I was able to keep my family together. I was able to concentrate on my family through the help of the JFUN. That is awesome stuff. We really appreciate you coming in. And, Camilla, it's a pleasure to meet you. You too. Thank you very much for coming in. You are a very nice young lady. I mean that. You're very nice. Thank you for coming in. You're welcome. Denise, thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, You know the number, folks. It's 904-207-7070. We've got a number to hit. Uh, We're going way over 200,000. We started at 196,523. We've already got a bunch of donations. Don't wait. Even $100, just a $100 donation can make such a difference in people's lives. Now is the time to call that number, 904-207-7070. Back in a moment. Stay with us. Now, a 1010XL J-Fun Challenge Match. Window World of Northeast Florida proudly supports the Tom Coughlin J-Fun and the families they serve in our community. Window World installs energy-efficient windows, doors, siding, and more for Northeast Florida homeowners, increasing curb appeal, improving efficiency, and enhancing quality of life one home at a time. Please give now to help local families tackle childhood cancer, and Window World will match donations up to $6,000 until 4 o'clock. Call 207-7070 now. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Hi, I'm Patrick Young, former Florida Gator and SEC Network broadcaster, and this is the Tom Coughlin J Fun Radiothon on 1010XL. Call 904-207-7070 now. Welcome back to the Frangie Show on this AC Designs Wednesday. It is our annual, 16th annual Tom Coughlin J-Fun Radiothon. This Radiothon has benefited so many families throughout the years, 5,600 to be exact, $24 million. And it's all 
done through the generosity of all of you. We cannot thank you enough for all that you do, and we sincerely appreciate the large donations as well as the small ones. We had a listener on Twitter say, I can't quite do $1,010, so I'm going to do $10.10. We thank you. That's going to families that are battling childhood cancer. And every time we see our good friend Tom Champion walk in, that means that another big donation is on its way. What do you have, Frank Rangie? Robert. Robert Bur- Bob Burke said that's the uh, 10, 1,010. That's my neighbor. It was kind enough to do it. So we certainly thank Bob for doing that. It means a lot to us. So thank you, Bob, for that very, very much. Um, you want to talk know, football? Uh, we do. One, one more time. 904-207-7070. 904-207-7070. You can text goal 243725. I want to remind you now, we got to get to 6,000. My guess is we're over that, but you don't know that. Window World of Northeast Florida is going to match. We get six. They're going to match six or – that, that guarantees us 12 in this hour. We got to keep going, man. We got to we got to hit that 249. We got to bring this thing home. That's very very important. So so in uh, however much you can you can donate, it really does matter. Again, I can't say it enough. Children how lives change when a children gets diagnosed with when a child gets diagnosed with cancer. So it really is a big deal. And thanks again to Denise and Camilla for coming in to yeah. share their story. All right, so you just mentioned bring it home. Well, the Jaguars are going to bring it home over yep. the next few weeks and next really two months. And yeah. so what's the record going to be? I'm going to go last. What's the right, okay. right now? Right now, give me a number. Uh, I'll say they go 15 and 5. Okay. Win the Super Bowl. Okay. So 12 okay. and 5. Okay, 12, 12 and 5. Regular, I went regular season, but I love okay. the fact that, you know what? Yeah, I was yeah. like, wait, hey, what, what hey, is the math I'm here? not stopping. <laughs> I don't have time to stop on this stuff. Uh, 12 and 5. 12 and 5. How about you? I said 15 and 2 before the season. I was wrong. But I'm gonna say that the Jaguars only lose one more game, so thirteen and four. Thirteen and four. Okay, I am. Um, I'm probably twelve and five also, because I think the Ravens game is tough, and then I think they lose one along the way. That There'll be something that you just happens. lose. You just yeah, lose one just along lose the way. So I'll say twelve and five too. But I will tell you this: in 12, 12 and five gets you what? Third three seed. Third three seed. So it. And behind Kansas City and Baltimore is your guess? If you're the three seed, someone's got to be the one and the two. Those two? I would think Kansas City is the one and, yeah, yeah Baltimore is the two. Can't, I, I think the Baltimore game here might determine the two seed. I, I think it conceivably could. But I think the three seed, which means then, for people that you – I think you all know how it works by now, there's only one bye in the conference. So there's seven teams that make it. The top seed overall gets the bye. Two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. So three would play six then. So that's somebody like the Browns, Steelers, that Texans, type. Texans, Colts. Texans, a team mm-hmm. like that, who I think you're going to beat. So I think you're going to make the Elite Eight again. I mean, is that – and so I – as I've thought about this show and, and how we're going to do this today, I would be very disappointed if they don't make the final eight. You agree with that? I do. I, I, I would, and I'm not. I'm not trying to say that. I'm not putting put expectations on them. I'm just telling you, as someone that's followed this as closely as we all have, I would be very surprised if they're not in the eight. Because I think I, I, I now find myself thinking twelve and I said eleven and six before the season. I now think better than I now think twelve and five is kind of the floor for me. I don't think they're going to be. I don't think they're losing three more times. If Trevor Lawrence is healthy, yeah, yeah. I think twelve that, and five is the floor. Yeah, they're that, not going to lose yeah. three games that Trevor Lawrence starts and and finishes in. That's what with I with this remaining schedule. Yeah, I mean to 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 go to eleven and to be eleven and six, they'd have to play five hundred football the rest of the way. I don't. I, they're not a five hundred team, right? They, they, Especially and, with the way the schedule has. And they've, and they've proven they're not a five hundred team. They, they they've they've proven they're not. So so yeah, I I don't see that. Yeah, I'd be surprised. So I think twelve and five is the the floor. 
I do think twelve and five gets you no worse than the three seed. I, I do. I don't think there's going to be. A, I don't think there's going to be three teams that are better than that, or or tied with that with well, with a, a better tiebreaker. So I think that gets you the three seed. I think the three seed is going to wind up getting you Steelers, Texans, Colts, whoever. Browns. The, the key is the Bills and Bengals not being in it. Yeah, like that's, that's right. why they should get to the eight because two of the teams that you thought going into the year were absolutely on your level are not probably going to make the tournament. I mean, Cincinnati's got a really tough road without Burrow, and Buffalo keeps losing games that they're in, but they can't finish. So, and they've got a really tough path. So, yeah, with Buffalo and Cincinnati out. No reason the Jaguars shouldn't uh, hold serve at home in the uh, wild card round. The Jaguars were ahead of schedule last year and made the the final eight. So to me, the expectation then is is one better. You should make the AFC Championship. You should be one of the final four teams. Yeah. And by the way, I wouldn't be surprised by that. I'm not saying the eight's the ceiling. I just I'm saying for now the eight would. I'd be surprised if they don't get to the eight. I, I I'm with you. I think. Listen, I didn't. I, <laughs> I said this in the offseason. I think they have, they have a good team. I mean, they have, they're have they a tough out for anybody. I, I know the 49ers came in and rolled them. It happened. But they're a tough out for anybody, man. They're, they're, they are, this team is a tough out. There's, there's, there's not a, an, an appreciable weak area. There's areas that are not as strong as others. By the way, the, the Ravens down the stretch, here's the Ravens' schedule, okay? Home against the Rams. Here against Jacksonville, at San Francisco, okay, home against Miami, and home against Pittsburgh, who tends to play very well against them, right? So your schedule is, again, home against the Rams is what it is, at Jacksonville. Here's your last four. At Jacksonville, at San Francisco, home against Miami, and home against Pittsburgh in a rivalry game of all rivalry games, that that could be tough sledding. Now. That's very tough sledding, and I again, it's it's one of those things that I think you you look at Baltimore, that's a really tough road. You look at Kansas City, not a tough road. So I think the winning home field, the Jaguars would probably have to win out uh, because the Chiefs go to Lambeau, but I mean Green Bay is not what they've been. Uh, the Chiefs then host the Bills, who are a shell of what they were supposed to be. It's a tough game, but it's an arrowhead. They go to New England, who's the worst team in the AFC. They host the Raiders, who there's no chance the Raiders will beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. They host Cincinnati, who doesn't have Joe Burrow, so they're going to thrash Cincinnati. And then they go to the Chargers, who couldn't win a meaningful game if you gave them 10 chances. So, I mean, I, I don't think the one is in play unless the Jaguars win out. I, I do think that they absolutely can go over the Ravens and then you look at what the Dolphins have, and the Dolphins still have games against the Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. Uh, the Jets will see you know, how difficult that is, but it's a divisional game, and then they have a game at Washington this week and then a game against Tennessee, and they should win both of those. So, yeah, maybe even the two seed. I mean, if you looked at the remaining roads of the four division leaders, I think you would seed it Kansas City 1, Jacksonville 2, Baltimore three, Miami four. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think the the Chiefs schedule, that's the unfortunate part for the Jaguars is the Chiefs schedule isn't as difficult as 
as it could have been. But in the end, maybe the Bills do beat the Chiefs yeah. and they rally and, and may, you know maybe that's what sparks them to make the postseason eventually. Yeah, the, and what we kind of know or feel is we are set up for a very interesting and fun postseason. I guess that's the point. How about Pro Bowl? How, how many potential guys could play in the Pro Bowl, whether it's as an alternate, whether it's a – I mean, a handful of guys that, in your mind, could play in the Pro Bowl this year. I would think. I mean, Josh Allen certainly. I I would think. No question about that one. Yeah, I would think Aluakon has a shot. I would think Etn has a great chance. Ingram, I think, has a great chance. I uh, McManus and Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't Agnew in it last year? Yeah, yeah. certainly could. Darius Williams. Uh, sure. Uh, so that's seven. What about Calvin? Maybe. Receiver's tough. Receiver's yeah. tough. I mean, you've got to basically have, to pick it up. have like yeah. 1,200, 1,300 yards. Okay. Um, Robertson Harris? Maybe. Okay. That seems like. Yeah. I mean, they got, they got to have some yeah. tackles. Yeah. 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 So, right. Yeah, so, That'd be seven guys so yeah, far of yeah, what we've yeah. named. Besi- and, and before there's a we lot got of good tackles in the AFC. I get that. But I. Yeah. Uh, but my, where I'm going with this is. That's a lot of ETN if he takes it. Now, ETN, he's struggled lately. He was one of the seven oh, yeah. that we okay. put in. Okay, yeah. so, so, but that's where the I mean, world... Trevor maybe. I was going to say, I think Trevor's a possibility. The stats aren't there, but, yeah. I mean, could enough play? A, his stats could, he could yeah. surge. Correct. Right. And if he's playing for a winning team, Correct. Uh, that will also help him. And Burrow's out. And right. And there's, there's Deshaun Watson is out. Right. And, and Josh to, Allen probably not. So who Josh would be Allen's the, probably not going to be in the, in the – Josh Allen has not played, I don't think, at a Pro Bowl level. So Mahomes, who, who would – it'd be, it'd be Mahomes, Lamar, and then who would be maybe the Tua third? Maybe Tua or Tua maybe. So uh, I, think I think he might a have a chance. Yeah, yeah. He, he's in the – again, in the car. Right. For today's show, just who's in the conversation. Right. That's a lot of guys. A lot of guys. That, the point is that's where we are. I wonder what the franchise record is. I mean, I would assume it was set in 99, but I'm curious yeah. to see – I, I wouldn't you think that they have a chance to break it? The third, the '99 team had so many name guys. They had Bryce Pop and Carnell Lake and guys everybody knew their name. In right. addition to Fred and you know, but I mean they had they had so many they had so many guys that everybody knew their name. This team doesn't have as much of that, you know, because it's not veteran guys that came to finish the job like that group did. But I, uh, I would think if they have seven guys, that that would be pushing. That would have to oh, for this franchise. Yeah. That would have to. So you would have to see. So anyway, so but what a year it's been. What a year it's going to be. We'll continue to talk. We'll get to some more Cincinnati talk coming up in a bit. We'll take a break. When we come back, I do want to get to the Gator thing. Caleb Douglas, the latest uh, to go to the portal. I think that one stings. I think Caleb Douglas is a guy that looked terrible last year, but looked like this year before the injury might be a might be a pretty good high point guy. So we'll talk about that. Where this Florida stuff's headed? How many guys are headed to the portal? Stay with us. Now, a 1010XL J-Fun Challenge Match. Window World of Northeast Florida proudly supports the Tom Coughlin J-Fun and the families they serve in our community. Window World installs energy-efficient windows, doors, siding, and more for Northeast Florida homeowners, increasing curb appeal, improving efficiency, and enhancing quality of life one home at a time. Please give now to help local families tackle childhood cancer, and Window World will match donations up to $6,000 until 4 o'clock. Call 207-7070 now. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Tom Coughlin here, joining 1010XL for the J-Fund Radiothon. I'm asking you to be there for families tackling childhood cancer and give now. Call 207-7070. Thank you. 
A lot of people don't understand what we go through or don't understand how one comment can bust you into tears. So meeting other families that have the same frustrations that may give you more tips, helpful ideas of what worked for them that you can do for you. All of that has been great. The sibling activities for siblings to get to go and not be faced with the stuff all the time, but go and have fun and meet other siblings. It's all valuable. So the adult events that we've been to, financial coaching tips, insurance tips. They have meetups to help us, you know, get information about that stuff. So it's a great resource. And you know that you're going to be treated like family. You know I'm going to run into people that I've seen in Wolfstons, and you can't talk because everybody's so, it's very delicate. But then you can run into families at the Christmas party and just enjoy and have good conversation. My son was playing flag football here in Jacksonville, and his coach was a J-Fun family just running into them at Christmas parties like I know you so it is a small world even when it feels so big those are the comments of Denise Camilla's mom who was in there with us in here with us earlier in the program or they're affected positively you will be as well the number to call 904-207-77 you will be moved you will be touched when you hear these stories and they were affected their family was affected positively by the J fund we have been moved and touched every time we hear these stories. 904-207-7070, or you can text GOLD to 243-725. Those are the numbers. Uh, we got our number back for the 3 o'clock hour, 10,282, so nice job. All right. 6,000 of that will be matched by our friends at Window World, so thank you to them and thank you for that. This hour, Dream Fighters Homes is going to match 6,000, so if we can do another number that is that is close to that, we'll get another 6,000, so we would love to have you get involved. Wayne Tankersley, thank you, Wayne. Wayne donated $1,000 in honor of his father, Roland Tankersley. Very nice, Wayne. Thank you. Alan Killen for Coastal Roofing Systems of Amelia gave us $1,010. So thank you. Those are two fantastic donations. Please keep them coming. Once again, uh, you know the number by now, uh, 207-7070 or text goal 243-725. Again, we're trying to blow that number out of the water. Uh, we're already at the 207 range. Uh, last year's number was 249. We're going all the way to 8 o'clock. I think we're going to blow it out of the water. 207-805 is the number right now. Uh, Gator football in the docket. Um, people leaving the haze. We talked about it. Will Norman concerns me maybe more than it does you because he's a young player that I thought could help with the defensive line. He just got there. That one surprised me. That's the only one that surprised me. Caleb Douglas surprises me. He's a wide receiver. Way too thin last year. Got balls knocked out of his hands. Looked like this year a, a run-and-jump guy, 6'3", 200-pound guy, uh, out-jumps people in the corner of the end zone. I think, he had the, he went, I think it was Utah game where he caught the ball. He high-pointed the one. But then he got hurt, was gone for most of the year. He's a guy Billy Napier really liked, a guy Napier talked about all the time. I'm surprised he's leaving. That's, that's, the, one that's, the, that's the first one that is truly surprised me. Yeah, I, supp- I, I think he's going to get passed, um, and I think he knew, I think he knew it. I'm, I would think that that was kind of the message is, you know, we've got some younger guys that are, are probably going to surpass you. Um, and again, we don't know the nature of his injury. So it's, it, you know, cause Florida doesn't disclose any of that. So who even really knows what he's recovering from, um, you know, and, and so I wish him the best, but I don't think this is an instance where Florida is overly in trouble at receiver because they lose Caleb Douglas. Yeah, I want to say it was a knee injury that I read. And so, look, sometimes, too, with an injury, you want a change of scenery, a different environment because of what you've just been through. And and maybe it is Billy Napier wanted him to stay and, and he decided to go elsewhere. We'll see. 
I think what's telling Frank is where these players end up. It's not so much that they enter the transfer portal. It's where is their final destination that will tell you how other coaches consider them and evaluate them. I agree with that. And I, and I, and listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that Caleb Douglas is, I kill you. I'm just saying that one surprised me a little bit. Uh, I, I suppose he was going to get passed. Here's what I will tell you. Um, I will be very interested to hear, start hearing guys that are coming to Florida. I did see Cam Jackson said he's coming back. That's big. Now, it, yeah. it is big because Cam Jackson may be not a great player, but I think he's going to play some in the NFL. You know, when you have NFL play, he's 6'6", 340. He's a big – and he'll be better next year than he was this year. And lines of scrimmage is where they've, they've been hurting. I just get the sense, Lauren, that this is one of those years that, again, it's make it, make it or break it is too dramatic, but it is a real, real turning point year, real crossroads year for them uh, and him. And, uh, and, and, I, and I don't think anybody would debate that. Well, I think make it or break it is the right way to phrase it because if you don't win enough games, your career we'll it, at Florida's we'll over. We'll make it or break it for him. I'm talking about it's a crossroads for the program. It's sure, a crossroads look, for the pro. I think it's a crossroads for the Florida football program, which is falling further and further from the. I mean, again, we just took you just got Texas and Oklahoma in your league. You know, your league your league just got exponentially better while you're struggling. Right, and we're naive to think that the student athletes don't read the things on social media that we're reading. So if they believe what a lot of fans are saying mm-hmm. that Billy Napier is going to be fired next year, then they don't want to be in a program yeah. where the coach is going to be fired mid-season. Well, I, I, and listen, and I've said well, that's this, true or not. I've said this before. <laughs> the, I, from 1990 to 2009, that was a glorious 20 years. But the 100 before it and the 13 since it, Florida's been average, and now here comes Texas and Oklahoma, and Georgia's better than they've ever been. Alabama's still Alabama. LSU's kind of still LSU. I do wonder if Florida's going to be able to compete. And people say, well, of course they are. They're Florida. We'll see. That's why you see my point. Well, they just have to get the head coach hire right, well, which they have not done. Well, if they get the head- they, they, Mullen, they the, the thing that's weird about Mullen, they got Mullen right. You just no one could have expected that three years into it, particularly right. with it going well, he would have just decided. My heart's no longer in this. Is there any chance they fired him too fast? No, I don't think they fired him too fast because I still don't think he has the fire to this day. So once, you know. It's once, not like he popped up in another job. You're right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's it's like Gordon Lightfoot song. You know, the feeling's gone and you just can't get it back. And so I think. Great uh, Gordon Lightfoot yeah, mention right there, by right. the way. And so, uh, you know, I think in terms of, of looking at No, I think they made the right decision to move on from Dan Mullen. I, it's just, it's, it's just been Florida's luck. Florida has had to, to borrow a phrase from Will Muschamp, buzzards luck, you know, for a long time. Will Muschamp got killed by injuries. Uh, then they, I mean, the Jim McElwain hire was hard to, hard to defend. And, and obviously that ended in really bizarre circumstances, uh, with him making up death threats in the middle of the season. I, you know, Mullen, I think, was the right hire. I think he could have been good for a long time. The, the, the only thing about Mullen is they would have fired him too soon if they were firing him for yeah. the poor recruiting, but his heart was still yeah. absolutely in trying to win a championship. Because well, Mullen is the Florida coach with now the portal being what it is. He could have been fine. He could have worked around the recruiting to some extent by owning the portal. Uh, but, you know, your heart has to be in it. So, no, I I don't think that... 
firing Mullen was a misstep, but hiring Billy Napier absolutely looks like it could be another misstep. He might be the worst coach they've ever had in my lifetime. Well, 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 if you could read my mind now, (laughs) you'd know that I'm concerned a bit, sorry, about the fact that I don't know how if they're coming back. You know, I, everyone just assumes that they are. They, everyone just assumes they're coming back. They just because we thought Florida State and Tennessee were never coming back. Yeah, and, and Florida and, State and, and Tennessee bounced well, back. I'm not going to say good point. Tennessee's elite yet. But the one thing, and, and every Florida State fan in the world is going to be mad at me about this, but Florida State will always have a little bit of an advantage is to when they get it built, they're not in a league with great resistance. That 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 is the re- that there's no denying that is a reality. Now that doesn't change what he's done to make them very good, but that is all. That is. Does anybody doubt that that's a fact? It's absolutely a fact. Yeah, and so so that will help them. Look, I I think Florida is going to come back. But my whole point about Napier is, I, the way I don't think they're going to come back is fire another coach, and then bring in another coach who's got to then develop the relationship with the with the with the recruits in the high schools. Although it's not as fast, it's not as much a big deal now because if you if you bring in Lane Kiffin. Jeff Brom, whoever, already he has a reputation that the portal people know. Right. That it's different. It's harder to switch coaches 10 years ago when there's no portal because then you got to get to know all the high school coaches. I don't want to say that's not important, but it's not as important, is it? It's not as important. Getting, having a great relationship with all the high school coaches in your area sadly isn't as important as it once was. Well, that's the thing, and that's where Florida has been a step behind for 10 years now on all of this. When – Meyer leaves, they go and hire Muschamp. Well, we were entering into this glorious age of offensive football in college football. Florida goes and hires a defensive coach who never got offense right. They then move off of him and go to Jim McElwain because he ran this great offense at Alabama. But the world was changing, and the spread was becoming more in vogue. And even Saban went to the spread when McElwain left. And so you then go hire more of a traditional offensive guy in McElwain but the spread is now becoming a big thing. So McIlwain doesn't work. Uh, you then uh, transition from McIlwain to Mullen, uh, who was a very good coach but didn't want to recruit. And the portal wasn't an option, so recruiting was the only way you were going to get talent. So they missed there. Then they go hire Billy Napier because they're looking for a dynamic recruiter, which was smart. The problem is the portal then became this, I mean, unbelievable – way of getting talent that can help you immediately. And Billy Napier didn't really want to embrace it because he wants to build through the old school way of high school recruiting, which is fine once you're great. But in building to be great, you've got to lean on that portal. So Florida has just been, with every hire that they've made for the last four or five of them, they have been one step behind of where college football was going. And, And now, if they do have to get rid of Napier in a year, then what you're looking for now, you're not looking for a great recruiter. You're looking for a great coach that can go out of the portal, assuming the portal doesn't change. If the portal world stays how it is, then you need a head coach that's established, to your point, Frank, that is a really good scheme guy because that's how you're going to get a lot of your players, and then you hope that he can recruit as well. And Frank, if you're worried about the program coming back, isn't the worst thing to do to keep a head coach who's not moving the program forward? Well, if you're convinced he can't move the program forward, you never fire a coach for anything he has done. I've said that a thousand times. Never fire a coach because he hasn't moved the program forward. Never. 
hire fire a coach because you're convinced he can't move it forward. I, I've said that all the time. The uh, when Ron Zook went to Illinois, he was two and twenty his first two years. Two or no four and twenty. He was four and twenty. He was two and ten both years. He was four and twenty. But they knew they at least for Illinois they had the right guy because they saw that Whitney Merciless was coming in and Corey Legit was coming in and Richard Mendenhall was coming. You know they they saw the guys they they when is what is Illinois doing getting Whitney Merciless and Richard Mendenhall and Corey Legit and all the Davis. Vontae Davis and really spin what were the, they didn't get the Illinois doesn't belong the Illinois shouldn't be getting those guys so they saw that even though the, the record was bad. And by year three, they're in the Rose Bowl. So, so for me, I think when that's – so you have to know. Um, but if what you've done – to your point, Lauren, if if you think he can't move it forward, you got to move on. That's what you're saying. Yeah, if he's not willing to embrace the portal or if he's not good yeah, at embracing yeah. the portal. If he, if he, if he doesn't look like – if he doesn't look like he's going to be. If it doesn't look like he's going to be successful. It's kind of – look, it's – Hayes, it's like an old-time movie. <laughs> <laughs> Like it goes from a wishing well. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping happens with them. Okay. Yeah. So I want them to be old, I want them good again, like an old time movie. Yeah. Okay. I hope they go down the, uh, what is it, Carefree Highway yeah, to yeah. a bunch of uh, no, great talents. I was, I was staying on the same song. You've gone you, through yeah. the song. How many listeners have any idea what <laughs> no, y'all have been not, doing? Not very many. Not very <laughs> uh, many. We but, might uh, have gone all. Tom, Tom, Tom Champion just walked in. Yeah. He knows. He, he knows every word of every Gordon Lightfoot song. <laughs> I promise you that. So there's, there's, no, there's no debating that. Uh, let's take a break. I do want to remind you, it is our Tom Coughlin. Hey, we got a big one here. Look at this. We just got a donation from Atlantic Self Storage for $5,000. 5000 Thank you so much. Thank folks. you. What a kind Amazing. donation. $5,000 from Atlantic Self Storage. That helps so much. Again, we're trying to get the 249. We're going to get there. 904-207-7070 or text gold to 243 725 Help the Tom Coughlin J Fund help families affected with pediatric cancer. You can't imagine, can't imagine, can't imagine how much your your call and your gift will help. Thank you to Atlantic Self Storage. We're going to meet somebody affected by the Tom Coughlin J Fund after this. Now, a 1010XL J Fund Challenge Match. DreamFinders Homes is proudly supporting the Tom Coughlin J Fund and is matching donations until 5 o'clock. Headquartered in Jacksonville, DreamFinders Homes builds new homes in the most desirable areas around Northeast Florida. The official home builder of the PGA Tour and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Take advantage of their special interest rate until the end of the year. DreamFinders Homes will match up to $6,000 between now and 5. To double your gift, call 207-7070 now. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. The Tom Coughlin J Fund helps local families battling cancer. I'm Mark Brunell, and you can make a difference right now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. This is Tom Coughlin. Please be there for these kids and their families by donating today. Call 207-7070 now. Thank you for your support. Welcome back to the program. Frank Frangie along with Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks. Um, today is our Tom Coughlin J Fund Radiothon Day. You know by now the number 904-207-7070. Or you can text GOAL to 243 uh, 725. Our numbers are fantastic at 207 after the last hour, but we think we're going to blow that out of the water. Uh, we do have um, a match going on. Dream Fighters Homes will match 6,000. I think we're way over that now. We but better keep, be. But keep calling anyway. We'd love to hear from you. Our old friend Marissa just stops by and um, 
It is so good to see you. How are you? Good. How are you guys? We we are doing great. Marissa's been with us before. I think one of the first people that that, that really touched my heart when you told me the effect that Tom Coughlin J Fund had on your life, so much so that you worked for him for a while. You know, <laughs> yes. uh, t- take us through your journey back to high school, Marissa. Yes. Yeah, so my journey started in May of 2012, two weeks before I graduated from high school. I was diagnosed with stage four alveolar rhabdomyosarcoma. So at 17, I was given about a 30% chance to live. Um, basically told that I needed to be ready to step onto the roller coaster of the journey of ups and downs of battling cancer. Um, and so it definitely was a roller coaster. I went through 54 weeks of chemotherapy and six weeks of proton therapy radiation. And fortunately, um, almost a year to date on June 9th or in July, I should say, I was declared cancer free. Yeah. So very exciting. And of course that was in 2013. So I am now, we are almost to 2024. So I'm going on, um, I just hit my 10 year mark of being cancer free. And so, uh, feeling very blessed. That's for sure. Marissa, how have you seen the J fund grow? From oh, the man. time that, that um, you've been associated Well, I with feel it. like I've been a part of the J Fund for uh, almost my entire life, even though it's not. But I feel like it has been my entire life. And the growth that I have seen has been unbelievable and amazing all at the same time. Uh, the J Fund is one of those programs that you don't really think you need until um, they walk into your life on the day you're diagnosed with cancer. Let me just remind you, they they annoy you the day that you start. Um, and I'll never forget, we got the whole backpack and everything the day I was diagnosed and the day we met everybody. Um, and the J Fund has been there ever since, and they still are there today, which is incredible knowing that it's been almost 11 years now since, um, or it has been 11 years since I've been diagnosed um, and the growth that I have seen just from uh, not only just the team that the J Fund has in their office, but also the families that they have been able to touch and help and impact has just been absolutely incredible. And uh, they are the impact that each family definitely needs when battling cancer. What was it like for your parents to, to hear the news and, and then watch you go through this? So I always tell people, I know how I got through cancer. I still to this day can't tell you how parents do it and how my parents did it. Because um, now you're a mom. And now I'm a mom, exactly. So it's, um, I don't know how they did it. And I t- like I said to this day, I probably would still question it. Um, it breaks my heart to know that my parents had to watch their child go through something life-threatening, knowing that they can't take it away from them. It's, you know, even when my child just has a cough, I'm like, oh, I wish I could take this away from him. It's awful. Um, And my parents were broken um, until somebody like the J Fund stepped in. My parents were called the groupies for a very long time. And uh, they, on the other side now, are helping parents, which is really great going through it. But um, like I said, you don't really know you need somebody until they tell you it doesn't matter. We're going to be there for you. And let me tell you, they were there for my parents. And the um, financial dinners that they went to and just the knowledge that they had and, of course, the financial help and assistance that we got from it uh, not only made things easier, but it just made the unbelievable and the unthinkable really possible to uh, to pretty much conquer in life. When you talk about the help for your parents, apart from the financial, the financial is so important for people yes. that need mortgages. And But beyond that, and Hayes asked a question to Denise, who was with us the last hour. I think the emotional part that you're not alone. Speak to that for a second, because I've got to believe that's a big piece of this. Yes. And so I would agree the financial piece is obviously a huge help uh, to every family. It doesn't matter if it's a gas card, food, yeah. or um, a mortgage payment. Um, but I think the emotional side of things is probably the most important part because your emotions are what um, drive the survival in your family. Um, they are the, it is the reason why we come out like we do and we're able to sit here today and share our story. And I owe a lot of that for myself 
myself to the J fund, and I know my parents do as well, um, having parents to be able to talk to that have already gone through it, who are going through it right now and know what it's like is such a blessing in disguise. And it's something that every parent who is tackling cancer truly uh, needs in their life because it's just nice to talk to somebody who knows what's happening and knows what's going on. And so I think the emotional part that the J fund helps with is probably one of the most impactful things that a family, especially as a, as the survivor itself um, can absolutely gain from them. See, Hayes, I would, and, I, and I hear Marissa tell this story and Denise before young parents who have young children have groups of friends and their, their, their kids. But once their child gets cancer, well, their friends aren't going through that. And they're, they're wonderful and, and probably supportive, but they, they can sympathize but not empathize, right? Yes. And, and, and I, that's what I think is, who do I talk to? Yeah. It's going, right? Who do I talk to? Who do I talk to? And that's what they provide. Absolutely. And even uh, from a patient standpoint, uh, one of the best things that I got to be a part of was the AYA group, which is what I helped run when I came out of college and conquered yeah. everything and got to work at the J Fund. Yeah. And that is where I met some of my really good friends who got it, who understood. They came and visited me while I was in the hospital. And uh, the people that don't go through it are always there for you. However, they think you're sprinting, but you're on a marathon. And the people that are um, within the J Fund, especially the J Fund team itself, but also the families that they bring to you to meet, they know that it's a marathon. And they're there the entire marathon, which I think is the best part. Um, and I know for me, Going through it at 17, 18 then at the time was very hard. Um, I knew everything that was going on. I understood that there was a very good chance I was going to die and I was not going to survive. Uh, I I understood that running was never going to be a thing, so they said. Um, And I understood that creating a family was probably never going to be a thing. So it broke me. I was devastated. Everything was just this is this is life now. Um, and it took me a little while to get involved um, because as an 18-year-old, you're stubborn. You don't want to do anything and you think life is over. Um, and then when I went to that first event, probably around the holiday time, I realized this is who, this is the family I needed. I, I love my family and I needed my parents all the time, but the J-Fund family is the one I needed to get through what I was going through. Do you have a story about Coach Coughlin that uh, (laughs) that you like to share, whether it's funny or something that that touches Um, your heart? So, you know, I, uh, Coach Coughlin and Judy Board, oh my gosh, they are my like second set of grandparents. Although I told Coach that one day and he goes, excuse me, you're calling me a grandparent. I'm like, I'm sorry, that's not what I meant. Um, But they are absolutely, I I adore them more than anything in the world. And um, I consider them my second family. the whole J-Fund team was at my wedding, which I think is one of the greatest stories that I can always tell because, like I said, they're still there to this day. Um, but my favorite story or little quick comment that I've ever made to Coach. Coach and I have a really interesting relationship. I don't take his crap, as we'll call it. <laughs> this is a fun This is a fun talk show. We can okay. talk like that. Right. Um, and so my best thing is, is I once said something, and he was like, do not tell anybody that I ever smile. And I looked at him and I said, why not? He goes, because they are not allowed to know that I can be happy. And I was like, okay, coach. Um, but no, I, he is my, like, I, I love him dearly. Um, and I'm always bringing him banana bread when I can. And so, uh, like I said, this is, this is a family that I never want to not be a part of. And so um, it's just, they have been such a huge impact on my life. Was going through labor and delivery easier <laughs> because you had been through um, 54 weeks of chemo? So, yes. However, I got Pitocin. So, I will. Oh, um, okay. Unfortunately, I did not have the natural thing. But okay. uh, to be honest, I think that's why for me, pregnancy has probably been 
a absolute beautiful journey rather than this, oh, am I nauseous? Am I this? And I think it's because I got to do something that um, I was told I'd never get to do. Uh, and so I'm actually six months pregnant with baby number two. Oh, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. So oh, that's um, science is incredible, but I think the story behind it of never giving up hope um, and also finding your second family, finding those people who are going to be the cheerleaders that you need uh, to ultimately conquer all of the life dreams that you have is the most important thing you can do while going through treatment. And that's Marissa, what I did. Marissa, final thing here with you, because you're such a good communicator. I, I'm going to ask you to do this. Uh, for people listening right now who want to help, explain to them the difference they can make in these families' lives by helping right now. So the difference you could absolutely make is basically the a chance of survival for a family. And that doesn't mean dying. That doesn't mean living. It basically means the chance of ha- getting a family to smile. Um, and to me, that's one of the most important things that you can do. And that is what the J Fund does. They truly are there for a family from um, now until beyond. But also, they are the ones that are going to encourage that family to and give them the hope and uh, bravery that they need to fight the battle that they're on and come out stronger. And so I encourage you all to give to them because there are plenty of stories out there that need to be here in the next few years that are very similar to mine. The thesis statement was the first thing you said, you help a family survive. Yes, you and do. Survive doesn't necessarily mean survive. It means it how do means, we handle this? Exactly. It means coming out of this journey stronger than ever. Yeah, Marissa, thank you for stopping Yeah, by. thank you for having me. CM Payton, CM Painting just gave us $1,010. Thank you so much. We'll have a number to report before long and uh, coach Coughlin will join us in about an hour one more time 904-207-7070 that's the number help us get to this goal or text 243-725 we're going to get there folks you're going to get there and we're going to help you get there back in a moment this is 1010XL and 92.5 FM now a 1010XL J-Fund challenge match Dreamfinders Homes is proudly supporting the Tom Coughlin J-Fund and is matching donations until 5 o'clock Headquartered in Jacksonville, DreamFinders Homes builds new homes in the most desirable areas around Northeast Florida. The official home builder of the PGA Tour and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Take advantage of their special interest rate until the end of the year. DreamFinders Homes will match up to $6,000 between now and 5. To double your gift, call 207-7070 now. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. I'm Jim Beheim from Syracuse, and this is the Tom Coughlin J Fund Radiothon on 1010XL. Call 904-207-7070 now. this AC Designs Wednesday, keeping you cool or warm, depending on the weather. Frank, you asked me in a break how many transfers Georgia has. So I looked at the 2023 transfer portal rankings. Of the top 50, Georgia got two of the top guys, and they both play for Georgia. Dominic Lovett was a transfer, wide receiver transfer from Missouri to Georgia. Okay, He plays certainly a lot. And then also Ra-Ra Thomas on the other side of the ball. He started at Mississippi State. And okay. transferred to Georgia. So two of significance. Two that came, yes. Two that came, I said the other side of the ball. He's also a receiver. But I don't think Rara plays as much as Dominic Lovett. But basically two of the 50. Right. Because the point is, Georgia doesn't need to bring in that many guys because they have five stars everywhere. And then they have guys that stay at Georgia, so they develop them. 
Whereas, yeah, Ohio- like we've been talking about, Florida needs guys in the right. transfer. Ohio program. State, Alabama, Georgia, LSU don't need as many transfers. They'll have some. I mean, Jaden Daniels is a transfer. But mm-hmm. they, they don't need as many as other schools because they recruit so well. But here's what happens. When you fall Clemson is the cautionary tale. When you fall off just a little bit in recruiting, yet you refuse to take transfers, you become eight and four, right? Hayes, I mean that that that's absolutely Clemson fell off in recruiting a little bit. They all of a sudden you looked up and they weren't quite recruiting like Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State. Yet they refuse to take transfers, so you become an eight and four team. That that's how fine the line is. That's how fine the line is, is if you're not one of the four or five best, you better go get a bunch of a bunch of transfers, and and that's why it, that again, Mike Norvell was ahead of the curve on that. Mike Norvell looked up and says, "We don't have the players Clemson and Florida do," and that's the the twenty Florida team that was good. We don't have the players that Georgia and Alabama have, and it's going to take a while to for our freshmen to be like that, if at all. But I tell you what, I can do. I'm, I've got a better eye for the Jared verses of the world than other people do, and I can and I can get and I can get uh, Naheem Bell to come here, and other people can't do it as well as I can. And by God, I'm going to do it. That Imagine, that that's the magic of what Florida State has done. Imagine this year's Florida team with Deloach and Verse, and on the other side of the ball, Wilson and Coleman. Well, sure. How many more wins if you add those four yeah. players to Florida's team? Yeah, and you could say that about a bunch of teams that had those guys. You're, you're sure, exactly right. but specifically so, those guys so. come. Well, imagine Clemson, yeah, who right. probably yeah. could have gotten players like that, right. yeah, if, if they had engaged in yeah, if, the portal. If Clemson had those four guys, then they're the ten or eleven win team, right? Instead of FSU, yes, yeah, so. and, and and that will be the intriguing now next step mm-hmm. is the competition right. for schools that have been successful in the portal, and Florida State certainly right. leads that pack. What is going to be the difficulty of continuing right. that amazing acquisition of talent? Because Clemson's going to be, everybody's going to be more active now. You just you can't get up in front of a microphone in front of your fan base and say anymore with a straight face, "We are not going to embrace the portal." You just can't do it. Yeah. All right. Other news in the world. Um, Aaron Rodgers is practicing. What do you make of that story? I think it's a huge mistake. Uh, I just a huge mistake. They're they're not going to win anything. I uh, I'll I'll double check the you know where they are on everything. But they're I, they're four and seven for for God's sakes. Um, I mean it's so ridiculous for him at this stage of his brilliant career to try to come back for what purpose? I mean it, it at this point he's going to play next year. I mean to be honest, you'd rather have the better pick. I mean, why? What? What can be gained by going up and on December twenty eighth and playing at Cleveland, and then wrapping up your season at New England? Like, what? What? what he's played enough football. I've, I've heard people say, "Well, he wants to. He wants to show what he what he still has." We know what he has. He's a great player. I mean, and he's going to have all off season to to get right. Why would you do anything to jeopardize that thing popping again? I just they were showing the the procedure on Ooh. I think it was the Black Friday game okay. the not like the surgery but yeah. they were showing Dolphins through Jets. graphics of what exactly the surgery was because it's sort of that they it almost looked like they tight roped it which is not what you would kind of normally do I and uh, I mean it was fascinating to see but I'm also sitting there watching that and I'm like you just can't come back in a hundred days 
And it's I only mean, been 79. It, it, that, it, I mean, I wouldn't want a 24-year-old to do that, right. let alone somebody that's close to 40. I mean, I just, to me, it's, if he ends up doing this, it will be the dumbest medical decision I've ever seen an NFL player make. The shame on the Jets if it happens, and Aaron Rodgers will be making a terrible mistake because it, he could jeopardize next year. Just come back next year. Come back next year, have a big season. The Jets will be fine. You're still going to have that defense. You're going to have Garrett Wilson. You're, you're going to win a lot of games if you can stay healthy next year. This year's over. All right. Other quarterback question I want to ask you about in a second, but let me give you an update. Uh, uh, we just had a couple more big sponsors Amazing. or big donors. Greg Simpson did $1,000. Thank you very much, Greg. Bob and Floanne O'Brien gave us 1010 By the way, they are alumni of Illinois. And they were at that Rose Bowl. So was I. So was I. I might have seen you there. As a matter, I was yeah. at the Rose Bowl parade. I was at all of it. So Bob and Floanne, I might have seen you there because I Thank was there. Thank you. I was there as well. But very, very kind. Again, 904-207-7070. That is the number to call, and we'd love to have you. Man, we were trying to blow that number out of the water. We're trying to raise, trying to raise two hundred fifty grand. We're trying to raise a quarter of a million dollars or more. And uh, and and that's right, two forty nine a year ago. And we think we're going to do that. We're very excited about the number uh, where we're headed. What happens to Mac Jones? I mean, Mac Jones, the story, went to Bowles. Um, two great athletes that came out of Bowles, Hayes Carlin and Mac Jones. Oh, yes. He, uh, the uh, only two. The only, that's right. <laughs> the only two. Goes to Alabama, is, and I thought as an afterthought. I, I said he, he turned down Kentucky to go to Alabama. I thought he would never play in Alabama. He was a holder forever on kicks. Then he beat all the odds and became a great player and almost won a Heisman Trophy and, and, and was a magnificent player for a magnificent Alabama team. Became a first-round draft pick. There's a guy that beat all the odds, went to the most the her, uh, tradition-rich teams in the league in the in the in New England Patriots, but now doesn't look like he's their future. So what happens to Mac Jones? I think most people think with Zach Wilson, there's not much in there. And that, that may not turn out to be true. I still think he, there may be something there because he's a really good athlete. But people in their minds have given up on Zach Wilson, whether it's true or not. What about Mac Jones? Is there? Is is the, is the second ge- is, is another geography another location? Will that will that turn him into a very good NFL player? Is 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 he at the very least Kirk Cousins? Is that in there? Is he not? What do you think? I I think he's going to be more. Uh, I don't think he'll be Cousins at this point. And I thought he'd be good. I thought he'd be the second best quarterback in that draft. And I mean, really, it's been Trevor, and then really not much. Uh, Fields has had moments, but. Uh, in terms of what happens to him. So next year will be the fourth year of his deal. So, I mean, I don't think the Patriots will cut him because he's not expensive. So my guess is he backs up uh, Drake May. Uh, You know, right now the Patriots are probably looking at the third pick in the draft, something like that. So maybe Drake May's not even there. They may have to move up. Um, But it's a quarterback. The Patriots are going to go quarterback. So I you know, maybe he holds down the fort for four or five games until the rookie is ready. My guess is the rookie starts week one. Mac Jones is the backup. Uh, he, you know, assuming no one gets hurt, then he leaves New England as a free agent and then probably gets, you know, a, a decent opportunity to to maybe compete with another young quarterback somewhere else. I. Uh, but but probably becomes a backup. I mean, I, I would think it's going to be a similar trajectory like uh, Trubisky, where he moves on to another team, and, and it's sort of like, well, 
he's our guy, but we have a young quarterback. There's going to be a competition there, and, and we'll see who, who ends up winning it. All right, we talked about Aaron Rodgers a minute ago. Kevin Kaplan is the uh, team orthopedist and a very good one for the Jags. Was listening in, has got some thoughts on that, so I said, I'm going to get Cap on the air. Cap, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm great. I got, a, I got a big correction. There's three good athletes to come out of the bowl. Too, <laughs> <laughs> I left out the point guard, right. for God's sake. I left, I left, I left, I left out the point guard. Sorry. <laughs> good, well said. Uh, uh, Cap, what about this Aaron Rodgers? I know you were listening. Uh, is he is he making yep. a big mistake? Is he is I mean, can he come back this fast? What do you think about the Aaron Rodgers thing? I think there's a big concern there, um, you know, and the concern is just the biology of this healing. And you know, like you guys talked about, you know, you're you're putting in uh, these basically sutures that are holding the ends of the Achilles together, uh, and those are attached to the heel bone, and that's kind of stabilizing it. And you know, the success of an Achilles tendon repair is based on getting the right tension in that tendon. And so the concern is, you know, right now I'm sure it's intact and, and those sutures are doing the job, but the concern is is that he, God forbid, loosens those tendon ends up and then isn't able to have that spring or that push-off and loses his ability, really, you know, his mobility. Uh, and so that's, that's my biggest concern. And we know that, that those tendon fibers – really can't heal any time before three months, and then they have to gain strength. So, you know, I think the risk is super high uh, for, for him having a problem. And, and, you know, kudos to try to get out there quickly, but I think the risk, as Hayes said, is, is pretty significant in terms of going forward. I mean, so so he, could, he could blow this thing again. That's what you're saying. I mean, it, I mean it's almost as – I mean, that could, they, we could find out two weeks later he heard it again, right? Yeah, I mean, blowing it out maybe, but also, like I said, just loosening those fibers, making it loose. Like if you lay, if, if you were to lay on your stomach and I were to bend both of your knees, the, the foot has a certain resting tension to it, and, and that's because of the Achilles. And so if it's loose, you know, if you were to lay on your stomach and bend your knees up, the foot would be more flat, and that's that spring. You know, when you go to take a, a step forward or drive off your foot, you're really relying on that Achilles, that, that spring in the Achilles. And if you lose that, we saw this with Dan Marino way back when. You know, he lost his push-off. It almost looked like he was flat-footed when he was out there, if you remember, back when he injured his Achilles. And that's the biggest concern there is, is he going to be a flat-footed quarterback that now, you know, can't move, can't get out of the pocket because he doesn't have that ability to have that first initial push-off. Well, and, and wouldn't they also have to worry about him re- or not re-injuring, but injuring something else because he's compensating on the Achilles? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's certainly a valid concern. Um, and, and, you know, you, you just, especially with a guy at that position that needs to move and get out of the way and, and get out of the pocket. I mean, you know, he's a pocket passer for, mo- for the most part, um, but you, you certainly, you know, guys coming after him at full speed, if he can't get out there, then, yeah, certainly something else could happen. But, but my biggest concern is, will he have that push-off? But, you know, we see guys like Smoot who came back from his Achilles and James Robinson. Those guys took time to get that first, to get that push, to get that, that speed back because, you know, you're careful with that resting tension to make sure when you repair it, you repair it with a normal tension, and then we get, when they get back that they don't overdo it and stretch that repair out. What's the fastest you've ever seen someone come back from an Achilles? I think the, the six months that, you know, you look at Cam Akers came back at six. Um, you know, James Robinson came back pretty quick, around six, seven months. Uh, and those are those are guys with you know the, the young guys that that are you know putting as much effort into their rehab, but you know the biology of this healing process 
you can't beat the biology. I always say you can't beat the biology. And so I think, you know, as we, you know, even with ACLs, we're seeing guys try to get back quicker and quicker, but you just, as a physician, you got to be careful in, in getting guys back too quick and risking the biology of something healing uh, to get them back on the field. Kevin Kaplan with us from on the all pro roofing phone line. Let me, let me ask you this. Cause you got me, you said the physician from a physician standpoint, cap, you're a, you're a team physician. Uh, is there a chance, and I'm not asking you to speak for the Jets guy, I don't even know who it is, but but I, it seemed like Aaron Rodgers was determined to do this whether the doctor wanted him to or not. Does that, you, you, does that make sense? I mean, it almost seems like, would, wouldn't you be reluctant, the doctor, to turn him loose? I, I cannot wait for the combine because yeah. we don't play the Jets, but you know, I'm very close to those guys. I'm, I'm just, I'm interested to see, you know, obviously he had a surgery out in, in Los Angeles and and he's been back in New York and, and treated there, and those guys are, are smart and great guys. And um, I, I just, you know, it's an in, it's an interesting conversation. I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for those conversations. With the, you know, and I put myself in their shoes. And what would I say? The risk is high here. You know, you know, are we are we going too fast? And you know, it, it's so. You know, again, we're not there. We're not behind their doors and, and, and seeing what the conversation is. But yeah, I mean, I I certainly would be nervous and holding my breath and, and wondering, you know, is this, you know, a clearable situation? Can we clear him? Server obviously has been cleared to, to practice. So is it, are we going too fast? And, and, and I think that's, that's a question that, that would be a difficult one to, to answer. If I was putting their shoes, I think I would probably say, Hey, we're going too fast. We need to slow down. But again, you know, I'm, I don't know. We don't know all the ins and outs of the surgery that, you know, the injury and, you know, was it complete? I, you know, I don't know, you know, and, and so that's, those are all questions that I would love to sit down with them and say, how, how did you work your way to this spot? But you're right. They, you know, the players, especially someone as tenured as Aaron Rodgers, is, is probably pushing the envelope more than, say, a rookie or a, a third or fourth-year player who tears his Achilles and, and is you know, trying to prolong you know, his career as long as he can. You, know, you're, you said something interesting, though, because you guys all get, to get together at the Combine. My guess is there's a Jets team doctor who either okayed this or didn't, and there's 31 other team doctors that can't wait to talk to that guy. You know, I mean, that's that's yeah. I mean, I thought about that. That's that's how it is in the cap. Like, what? Well, take me through what in the world, right? I mean, that's how it's going to be. Absolutely. I mean, we're look, we're always evolving, we're always learning, and that's the best part about the combine to me. You know, we get to see all these players, but then we get to you know sit down with other team doctors and you know how how are you doing this? How are you approaching this? You know, what would you do in this situation? I mean, my first you know five years at, at the combine. You know, you're sitting with guys like, you know, James Andrews and Neil Elitrosh and Dan Cooper and all these guys that have been doing it for years. And I was just like a sponge, you know, kind of soaking up, you know, because the NFL setting is way different than, you know, a high school setting or a weekend warrior setting. There's just a lot more to it uh, politically and, and, and dealing with players and their injuries. I mean, some of the injuries you see in the NFL are in, they're injuries like no other. And so, yeah, I mean, we're, I, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to, to sitting down and talking with those guys. Kevin Kaplan, team doctor from the Jaguars, checking in on the all-pro roofing uh, phone line. Kevin, thanks, thanks for checking in, buddy. Good talk to you. Absolutely. See you guys Monday. All right. Kevin Kaplan checking in. Uh, all-time good guy. Really, really good doctor, too. But respected all around that league. And if a guy's respected his cap, is kind of scratching his head a little bit. You know, the other 31 doctors are scratching their head a little bit. And, and, and that they're not critical. They're just saying, I want to learn more about this because they understand what we don't. Really, the point you made, Hayes, is, the biology suggests this doesn't work. The, 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 it's the, a mistake. It suggests it doesn't work, and 
And so uh, it'll be interesting to see. All right, we'll take a break. We got one hour to go. Coach Tom Coughlin will join us in the uh, five o'clock hour. We'll tell you more about how we're doing. How much money have we raised so far? How much money have you donated so far? We'll have a number for you after this. The five o'clock hour is coming up. Stay with us. Now, a 1010XL J Fund Challenge Match. Dreamfinders Homes is proudly supporting the Tom Coughlin J Fund and is matching donations until 5 o'clock. Headquartered in Jacksonville, Dreamfinders Homes builds new homes in the most desirable areas around Northeast Florida. The official home builder of the PGA Tour and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Take advantage of their special interest rate until the end of the year. Dreamfinders Homes will match up to $6,000 between now and 5. With double your gift, call 207-7070 now. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. We're listening to the Tom Coughlin J Fund Radiothon to benefit local children with cancer. 1010XL, 92.5 FM. You can help us be there for these wonderful kids and their families. Please call now. Call 207-7070. Thank you for your support. The difference you could absolutely make is basically the a chance of survival for a family. And that doesn't mean dying. That doesn't mean living. It basically means the chance of ha- getting a family to smile. And to me, that's one of the most important things that you can do. And that is what the J Fund does. They truly are there for a family from now until beyond. But also, they are the ones that are going to encourage that family to and give them the hope and bravery that they need to fight the battle that they're on and come out stronger. And so I encourage you all to give to them because there are plenty of stories out there that need to be here in the next few years that are very similar to mine. Uh, the comments of Marissa, who was awesome. Thank you, Marissa. We did thirteen four seventy four in the hour plus that six thousand dollar match, which is awesome. That takes us to two twenty seven. Wow! And uh, we're going to blow that two fifty out of the water. This is the five o'clock hour. Uh, this match comes from our friends at the Nimnik Family of Dealerships. Thank you, Billy and Lee, and all the great Nimnik folks for doing that. So let's get let's get going now. You know the number to call. Let's call. Uh, 207-7070. Uh, we'll take uh, uh, donations of as, as, as much as you can give or as little as you can give, but we, we need to get there now. We we really need to get there again. If we do $6,000 in the hour, Nimnik will match that, and you know they will. So we sure appreciate that. Since 1996, the J-Fund has provided $24 million. Let me say that number again. $24 million in support to over 5,600 families. Uh, that's housing, it's food, it's transportation, it's utilities. It's really cool stuff. And so uh, so help these, uh, again, help these families that are that are burdened with the, 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 the tragic news of pediatric cancer has, is, is in their lives now. Help them, and I know you will. So we're, we're trying to get there. We're going to continue to move along. We're certainly uh, excited that Tom Coughlin is going to stop by. And uh, we're honored to have the opportunity to, uh, to to help the cause. So we'll do that in just a bit. Uh, we'll talk college football. I'll be talking pro football with Tom Coughlin about the jab. One thing I'm going to ask Tom, nobody's been to the mountaintop. More than he's, he's won two titles. He knows the mountaintop. No one's been to a higher mountaintop. What are the Jags doing so well? What is What does he like? What he, what, he, what he sees, what does he like? Because there's certainly good things going on with the Jacksonville Jaguar football team. So we'll certainly talk about that. Uh, how's Bob Petrino going to do? Will he save Sam Pittman's job? I don't know about saving. Or will saving. he one day have Bob Sam Pittman? That would be my guess is that maybe he is just steps into it at some point because um, I think Petrino will do well. I mean, Petrino is uh, a really gifted play caller, gifted mind. Uh, I haven't looked at Arkansas' schedule, but I can only imagine it's got to be just absolutely brutal. Um, 
you know, so can Sam Pittman get to six wins? You know, he couldn't this year. I have to assume they're playing either Oklahoma or Texas. Uh, and so, um, you know, I, I think in, in looking at it, it'll be difficult. And that'll be the really interesting question is my guess is if you can embrace Bobby Petrino enough to be your offensive coordinator, you can embrace him enough to once again be your head coach. Well, that's so, true. That's a good point. Yeah, so I would think he's it's, either untouchable or he's not. Right. That's so I would point. think he'll be the in-house answer if Sam Pittman doesn't work out. Petrino's comments to ESPN today quoted something I hoped would happen. I wasn't sure if it ever would, but it is a dream come true to be able to go back to the University of Arkansas and do anything I can to make it right this time. I'm gr- grateful to Coach Pittman and Hunter Yurchek for making it happen. Uh, later on, he is quoted as saying. I'm more excited than anything just to be able to go back and give back to all the great people of Arkansas. I can't do anything about the past, but I know how hard Coach Pittman and his coaches have worked. It was great to see when we first got there, blah, blah, blah. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. This is a, you know, my first thought was, why would you give this guy a chance after what he did? My second thought is, and I don't know the guy, but my second thought is there's worse things than second chances. Um this is a very interesting one. This is a very it's very interesting to me. You know, Bob Petrino is back when he he was at Arkansas and he's back as the coordinator. Mac Brown is back at North Carolina after being one of the most successful coaches ever there, and he's back. Um, Hugh Jackman's I, back to being Wolverine, <laughs> and there's that. Yeah. But I wonder how much more of that we'll see. Will we see other coaches? Will we'll see other coaches that that were successful where they were? Yeah, you have to have been a. You have to have left on your own volition as a success. Both Petrino and Mac Brown left their schools. I mean, Petrino's situation was goofy, but he didn't leave because he was losing too many games. Mac Brown left for Texas to win more games and won a title there. So you have to have been a coach that left, and they and they they were sorry to see you go, right? But I'm wondering if there's any other cases like that. I was trying to think about there are there any other cases where a coach was successful, left, and can go back there. Can you think of it? I'm trying to think. There's not many, you know. If yeah, Steve Spur, if Steve Spurrier was was uh, 58, not 78, he'd qualify if he wanted to. Yeah, right? I mean, look, yeah. if Todd Golden left to go yeah. coach the that would count, you know, Clippers. Yeah, that would after be, this season. That would be a great example. The Bulls fired Billy Donovan. Yeah, Billy Donovan could that step would be back a, in. that would be a great example. If Billy Donovan, if Todd Golden left and Billy Donovan became available, that that's the best example of any I could think of. In a similar vein, not a head coach, but wouldn't both of you like Will Muschamp as a defensive coordinator? Oh, yeah. Yeah, would love yeah. it. Would love it. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. just because someone's not successful as a head yeah. coach, i.e. Bobby Petrino, and yeah. like you said, that was And I love Jim stuff. McElwain as a charter fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. It I wasn't would. him, but yeah. the Sharpies. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would, but that, that's a good – but I'm trying to think where – where. Uh, I mean, listen, I, and I do wonder this. He's never coming back to Florida, and I, and I don't know that Florida would want him back. But I could see Urban Meyer back at Ohio State. I, I, I could. I wouldn't. Would Would that shock you if if Ryan Day got fired or whatever? Would it shock you if Urban Meyer was the coach there again? It would not. It would also not shock me if he was the coach at Florida again. That would shock me. That that would. It would shock me if that happened. Now he said so many times he's never coaching again. It would shock me yeah. if he's ever a coach again. If, if, if either of the places. any of the places. Okay. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I you would. can't t- say it over and over again. No, I cannot coach. So and if, then all of a sudden, oh take yeah, a he job. could. Yeah, he could. If Billy Napier goes five and seven next year, you don't make a call to Urban Meyer. I do if not. You're Florida. No, he kicked to kicker. Yeah, I wonder too if the game's changed enough that Urban wouldn't have it anymore. I, I said not the sport. 
the so game. So instead of winning 90% of his games, he might only win like 75% so you, so, of them. So you think he'd walk into Florida and be yeah. good? You I think, think yeah, I think yeah, he I, I think with NIL, with his reputation, I, I think the screaming to mean. He's not my first choice. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised. But I wouldn't, I don't think he'd fail. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure he would connect with with 22-year-old portal guys the way he connected with 17-year-old high school guys. I, I, I may be wrong. Well, he's a star in a lot of those kids' eyes. Yeah. I mean, he was a rock yeah. star yeah, when that, they were eight, nine years old and starting to pay attention to football. Yeah. I mean, he's not that far removed. He's 15 years. Well, you're, you're right. Ohio I'm State, talking about yeah, Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, good point. Good yeah. point. Yeah. I would, would you want him back at Florida? I wouldn't. The, yeah. You know, I'd rather have uh, Brom. I'd rather have uh, Kiffin. I'd probably even if like Jed Fish went won nine games next year, I'd I'd prefer Fish, but I wouldn't. I'd rather have Urban than the East Carolina coach yeah. or whoever the Billy Napier equivalent right. is in the that. Sun Belt. Um, I got one for you. If um, I'm drawing a complete blank, defensive guy is now the head coach at Oklahoma. Why am I drawing a blank? Venables. If Venables failed, Stoops back there. See that all day long. Oh, sure. Stoops is nobody's perennially young. I think he just turned thirty-five. Right. I mean, I mean, isn't isn't Stoops perennially young? He is. Doesn't it feel like he? Doesn't it feel like Bob Stoops is forty? Yes. He's probably sixty-five, sixty-two, right. but it, it feels like he's forty, doesn't and it? it? Yeah. I mean, that absolutely could work. I mean, that that that's one I could see. Anyone who's been away from the collegiate game for a while now, with there's, all the changes, would make that. me nervous. There's something to that. It's yeah. a it's a different world. I still think though, if you can, like, to me. Those guys, this is the world that you step back into because if you can coach, you can get – if you're at one of these schools and your boosters are going to have NIL money, which all these schools would, Oklahoma, Florida, Ohio State, all those schools, I I mean, to me it's about who's the best on game day. Right. And there aren't too many that are better than Urban Meyer on in the college environment. Yeah. I'm not talking about yeah. – I would never hire him in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, I'm never. Like, I'm like – But it, for a college – yeah, I'm like you. I wonder if he still would have it. So, uh, interesting stuff. We'll take a break. Speaking of terrific coaches, our friend Tom Coughlin is going to join us in a minute to talk about the Tom Coughlin J-Fund and a whole lot more. Stay with us. Now, a 1010XL J-Fund Challenge Match. The Nimnick family of dealerships proudly supports the Tom Coughlin J-Fund. When you choose Nimnick, you're getting more than a great service or the best price guarantee on a new or pre-owned car. You're contributing to something bigger, a community that cares. Nimnick has been your friends in the car business since 1941. If you give now to help local families tackle childhood cancer, Nimnick will match donations up to $6,000. Call 207-7070 now. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. I'm Chris Mortensen of ESPN, and I support the Tom Coughlin J Fund on 1010XL. Be there and give the day to help local families tackling childhood cancer. Call 207-7070 now. Thank you for your support. Welcome back to the program. We're glad you're with us. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks. It is the uh, very special day, our favorite day of the year, the Tom Coughlin J Fund Radiothon. We are we were going to try and hit 200,000. We blew that out of the water. Now we're trying to hit 249. We're going to blow that out of the water. We want to thank Calford Cabinetry and Design, $2,500. Thank you Ooh. so much. Clay Towsey, 1,010. Thank you, Clay. Nice. Very, very kind. Super. And what a pleasure to welcome in great, my pal, great. Tom Coughlin. Tom, how are you, man? Hey, I'm good, Frank. Thank you so much. Hey, thank I you am so excited about today. 
because I walk in the door, whether it's 6 o'clock in the morning or, or this afternoon, and everybody's all fired up. And, and the people at 1010XL have been incredible. Because this is our 16th year, yeah. and coming in today, almost 1.6 million has been raised in a telethon. Isn't that amazing? And it's, it's because of the wonderful people in the, in the immediate Jacksonville That's area right. who are compassionate, who have empathy, who understand those terrible, terrible words that a family hears when they're told that a child has cancer. And you know, I we were talking this morning, and Dan was mentioning, you know, we take care of our own. We sure as heck do take care yeah. of our own. And this, the response today, we always edge the goal up a little yeah. bit more. And you said it, Frank, we're going to blow it away. 15,000 the first year. Isn't that something? We did 15,000 yeah. the first year. We're going to do over a quarter of a million this year. But I mean, we were happy. Yeah, that, we, that, that's right. That's it's right. It's like the very first golf tournament we ever yeah. had. Yeah. 36,000 bucks. I thought we did really well. Yeah. That, you know? But I'll, let me say this, too. This is, you know how I feel about you and what you've done. But this is also such a testament to what you and Kelly have built with this. Your oh. people are good. They're, I mean, I mean, every year, and we do it every year. Yes. What a, what a great foundation your people have. And I mean that very sincerely. It's a great Thank operation. You, Frank. Yeah, we have, we have wonderful people, and they, they're so dedicated to the cause and, and so easy to work with. You know? yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just amazing. Um, and we've grown and grown, and we, we, you know, we add when we have to add. It wasn't the original thought. You know? I mean, Zerny Bono and I and Fran Foley, we were working yeah. out of a closet, and none of us ever had any idea about, you know, none of us take any money. We just, we, just, we just have a program that we know is necessary, and it's all based on Jay McGillis and what I saw. You know, the good Lord works in mysterious ways now. There's no genius around here. This was an idea that came about because a family was in great need, and they had a son who ultimately was going to die at 21 years old of leukemia and and started and played in 10 games in 1991. I mean, and it was a ravishing, ravishing disease. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Jay's been gone 31 years, okay? 31's a big number for the Jay Fund. He's been gone 31, 31 years. And here we are in our 16th right. telethon. Wow, amazing. It, it really is. And, and, Tom, the financial support is obviously gigantic for these families. Oh. But the community that, that the Jay Fund has created for them – from a support oh standpoint, goodness. it's yeah. phenomenal. It is, and it's and it. You know, the the great thing about this is Kelly is a listener. She's a listener. You know, she's a people person. She's a listener. So we pick up on needs and we add them. You know, we have a caregiver program now. We have financial assistance, financial education. We do that. Sibling programs. This will be our holiday weekend. Saturday will be our holiday party. There will be over. There'll be a hundred kids, cancer kids, there with their families. There'll be four hundred people there, and I, I laughed about it this morning because depending on how the weather is, you know, last night it was thirty-seven. There, you know, the people come around at this time of the year, but the ice cream truck is out there. And the, the line is a mile long to get ice cream. You know, kids are kids. They're always going to be like that. Absolutely, Tom. What are you most proud of for the J Fund? I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting back, and I'm most proud of the fact that. We help so many people. For it'll be 28 years in the spring of, of, of 2024. Okay, in that time, we have helped almost 5,700 families wow. at over 24 million dollars in direct assistance to families. Well, that's that's what I'm proud of. And you know what? And that that's amazing stuff. All right, there's so much I want to talk to you about. I don't want to ask you some football. I get to hear your football. I'm not going to let you out here without football. <laughs> 
Hey, Tom, why are the Jaguars so good right now? What are they doing? I mean, nobody knows. You've been to the mountaintop. You've yeah. won the damn thing. Yeah. So you know. What are they doing right that they're playing so well right now? I think they got great coaching. I think Doug Peterson's done an incredible job. He's done a great job, you know, because let's face it, the culture wasn't very good. That's right. And he's done a tremendous job with that. But he has some, some people that care about the program. Got a young quarterback that can play. You saw the two quarterbacks last weekend, the two young quarterbacks, and talking about the, the AFC South and what that'll be like for years to come. That's, that's exciting, and it's a, it's a lot of fun to see them play as well as they possibly can play. And what they did last year with their last-second wins and fourth-quarter wins, I mean, that's got the whole, the whole town stirred up. But now, here we go. You're starting to get close to the stretch. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is when you've got to be at your best. This is it. And, and, Tom, how were you able to get teams to peak at the right time, what is the challenge that Doug Peterson and, and these coaches? Well, it's, it's, I mean, how difficult is that it's process? A, it's just a matter of, of understanding, you know, that, that, that it is a marathon and it's not a sprint, you know. And just as this year didn't start out the way people thought they would like it to, it, it got to where people know that, it, you know, that it's like that. But it, it's not easy. And, you know, I, <laughs> hey, in 2011, okay, we lost four games in a row. And won the Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it happens. It happens. So, you know, when you look at what San Francisco did, they lost three in a row. But look at, you know, how. So you go through that. You know, the, it's just a matter of, it, and we all know, nobody ever uses injuries, uh, but, but they're a factor. They're, and there's no, no doubt about it. And when certain people uh, who have, you know, a, a huge role in deciding whether you win or lose are not able to play or whatever, that's a factor as well. But. The mentality and the desire and buying in, and I used to talk all the time about ownership. You, ownership, owning your team, owning and believing in your team, and uh, it's it's exciting to see it happening. It certainly is. How do you watch Jaguars games by yourself with the family yelling? Well, I, I'm by myself, not by choice. I, you know, yeah. Judy's been gone, so I'm I watch. You know, I watch by myself. I just, yeah. I just sometimes I listen to the radio. These guys are good. <laughs> no, I'm impressed. I really am. I, you know, two of those guys are players. The guys that yep. played for me, yep. and and I told them I I haven't seen Lagerman in a long time, but I saw Tony and uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, when you go back, and I asked you this a little bit during the Hall of Fame thing, you got here. There were no players. There was no building. There was a trailer. You told a great story the other night that there was one desk and Wayne Weaver had it, so you can't use that. Yeah. What was that like? I, was, well, I mean, you had been at Boston College, a good program. You beat Notre Dame, so it's not like I mean, you would come from a real thing. You yeah. right? Plus, we that? just won a bowl game, right? And we had recruiting. We were in a top fifteen recruiting yeah. program. So, then. what was it like when you got here and did all that? Well, it was, <laughs> it was the same thing I told you the other night. It was, yeah. what have I gotten myself into <laughs> now? Because you know, when I came into town for the press conference, Judy and I, it was in a in the bank, right? It was in the bank downtown. It wasn't out by the stadium or whatever. So I go back home, and I come back a week later, and it's pouring rain. And, you know, that's not exactly the the greatest part of town when it's raining. Uh, The the roads were literally floating. And there was one trailer, and there was one stanchion, one concrete stanchion. So I get out of the car, and I'm up to my ankles in the mud, and I tread up the steps, and I open the door. I think I was the seventh employee. Two very nice ladies came up to me, and, and one said, she looked around like this, like they didn't know I was coming. Looked around, she goes, well, when, when Mr. Weaver's here, he sits at that desk 
And he's, but he's not here now, so why don't you sit over there? <laughs> that was it. That's what I worked out of. Right. And, the, you know, the, you didn't have this. There was no cell phone. There was a phone next to that, and that's yeah. how it all started. Yeah. And I, it, was, it was one of those deals where you just, you know, I had a plan for how it was going to all come together yeah. and, how, and how and when we were going to hire. And, of course, I brought five coaches with me, and I, and I built the, the personnel department, you know, and I – I, I worked all the other things in around those those two things, but we in that very first year when we didn't play, we had a draft. We had, right. we had an expansion draft. We had a college draft. We went on Saturdays to college games and on Sundays to pro games. You know, and it was it's amazing because and I had friends that would I asked if I could come to training camp. You know, I I, I didn't have a team, but I went to training camp. Mike Holmgren let me go to Green Bay, and I saw this left-hander that could move around. Yeah. You're going to have an expansion. Offensive right, line, right. you may have a few holes up there, and uh, so I, so you I went to Packer training camp and saw Brunel up there. Oh yeah, that's when you I saw, saw him work because you told Hayes during the break the story of trading for. So yeah. you saw him at training camp. That's oh, a good yeah. story. I didn't know that. I, I never saw. you never told me that story. Oh, yeah. That's a good. Story. And how about this one? I'm at, then we added a couple. You know, as we got a little bigger, yeah. we added more trailers. So I got an office back in one of the trailers, and I'm you know as people want to yeah. know what's going on. Peter King comes in. Peter King goes in. To, uh, to the little office that I had, and I got a stack of tapes, remember tapes in those days, mm-hmm. and one of them, and, and a few of them were Green Bay, and he he looked, he goes away and he writes about it. Coughlin's interested in Brunel. I'll be darned. And I, <laughs> I was so ticked at Peter King. <laughs> Honest to God. He's a friend of mine now, but I'm going to tell you something. That was, that you was, let the cat out of the I didn't want, yeah, I didn't want yeah. anybody blowing yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because I would always defer, even with Tony. Yeah. You know, when I went and worked Tony out, out of, out of Southern Cal, there were seven or eight offensive line coaches there, and uh, one of them, uh, Jim Hannafin, said to me, uh, "So what are you, what are you thinking, Coach?" And I said, eh, "I'm probably going to take a receiver." He goes, "Yeah, you're going to take a receiver." <laughs> Not after that workout. Right, right. Congratulations on being inducted into the Pride of the Jaguars. What will that day be like for you? Uh, it'll be, it'll it'll be emotional. It'll be you know exciting. It'll be interesting. You know the the the. Hopefully the roar of the fans will put us right back to where we were back in 1996 and and that type of thing. But uh, no, I'm 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 honored and I'm privileged and uh, and uh, you know I I really really did want this job when it all came down to it because of the historical perspective because people would always how did who started this thing. You know mm-hmm. who was who was the who were who were the group that started this thing, and I looked at Coach Landry, and you remember Frank. There used to be a quarterback uh, club in this league, mm-hmm. and we used to meet up at Amelia Isle. That's right. Okay, and Tom Landry was when I first came here. I was you know you're always selling your kids on how great it is. Look at you, you know you're going to be. And I, we took Brian and mm-hmm. and Kate and Judy and went up to that occasion, and we had pictures with Tom. But I always admired what and Tom Landry. Lost for seven years, and the and the media was calling for his head. The owner gave him, a, came into a meeting and gave him a brand new contract, and that paid off. That's good. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, it did. Do you have grandkids that play football? Oh, yes, I do. I got, <laughs> I got as they've come down. Okay, I have I have a a, a sophomore at Tufts University that that plays at Tufts. It's it's probably the way football is supposed to be, but that's right, it's, right. it's a great deal. And then I, I have a hockey player that was a football player. He's at Avon Old Farms, and he's committed to Providence. Mm-hmm. He's a junior. And then I've got a 13-year-old. I've got a 14-year-old and a 13-year-old 
and a 14-year-old here, and they all play, uh, you know, play football at their level. Uh, Wes Coughlin played for Bowles. Uh, Walker Snee is a quarterback for the Franklin Lakes War Eagles, or whatever they're called, and he's won four Super Bowls in a row undefeated for that? four years. Yeah, awesome. and, um, and Brennan, uh, Brennan Coughlin is a wide receiver, scored the first touchdown in the Super Bowl. I got to see that That's a awesome. couple of weeks ago when I was up that way. They so see you have a lot of them playing. Hey, hey as, we, as we say goodbye, I want you to do this. I want you to – obviously, we've told people why this is important. I ask you to do this every year. I'm going to say one last time as we say goodbye. Tell people about Jay McGillis. Tell me why he was so special. Yeah. Because I know how special I heard, I know how special he was to you. But I love hearing you tell that. Story. Well, he, you know he's he was a, ki- a, young, a wonderful kid. First of all, uh, quiet, quiet. Came from Brockton, tough town. Yeah. You know, was was a safety, um, uh, redheaded kid. Just uh, just a you know overachiever. Over gave everything. You know, I've been asked a bunch of times, what do you? What are the what? Give me the guys that it means so much to them that you know their heart and their soul is into it, and you don't ever have to worry about them. You know, I used to have a deal where it was a six o'clock run. I could never catch Glenn Foley, the quarterback, mm-hmm. which, and I knew he wasn't going to all classes. But, but Jay McGillis, it went everything. But he was a great kid. He was a great uh, family man, son, teammate. You know, teammate, always there for his for his uh, for his teammates and. When we came, we actually were, we were in Syracuse. We came back after the game, got beat up in Syracuse, came home, and um, the, the trainer said, you know, Jay's probably not going to play against Miami. I said, what do you mean? You know, well, he's got this, this, and this. And I said, well, let's get the doctor in here. Let's get the kid. No, nope, leukemia. Mm. And a, and a, but the way the team rallied around, and I, I mean, I had a hard time telling them yeah. that he had leukemia and wouldn't play, yeah. you know. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the funeral. And we're all standing, you know, by the pews as as the casket comes out. There was not a dry eye. The whole team, they were, everybody was just, I mean, the loss was an incredible loss. But what, what it did for, for Judy and I is we witnessed what, what the family went through. Okay, Jay was one of six siblings. Mom and dad, they all came just to the hospital room where where Jay was, you know, being treated. Um, and and uh, you know the story. But Mike Panos, one of my linebackers, came to me. He said, uh, "Coach, we got to help the McGillis family." And I said, "I hadn't even thought of this part of it." And so I said, "Mike, sit down." So he sat down and we talked. And we came up with a scheme. And the scheme was to go into the community and get pledges. And the players, you know, in those days we max lift in the spring. We bench, squat, power clean. We we did all that. Well, they got money for the amount of weight that they could put up, and uh, we presented a check to the McGillis family for fifty thousand dollars at halftime of the spring game, and that gave me the idea. And I knew, and Judy and I both, if we ever have a chance to give back, it will be in the name and the spirit of Jay McGillis, and it will be to help families in a practical way. And I believe in all this, all the research. Please solve it. You know, let's yeah. let's end cancer. Get rid of it. But in the meantime, right. stop and think about this time of the year, the holiday time of the year. Suppose a family, two bread earners, okay, and the doctor walks in and says your child has cancer, okay? One person can't work, okay? So now we're working on one. And the 
the next thing you do is go down the hall and find out how much this is going to cost. Well, I mean, and now you've got other siblings, and it's Christmas time, okay? It's Christmas. How are we going to have a, a Christmas at our house when we're, you know, our, the burden of the expense is so great, and, you know, we can barely have a turkey dinner for Christmas, for crying out loud. So that that's where it comes from for me, you know. And I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what whose name is on it. It doesn't make any difference as long as these families are being helped in this particular way, that they have a chance. Because the child knows. The child knows when there's stress on the family, and he's creating it. So what happens is, you know, if, if we can take the burden away, and the big thing for us is keep it in their home, mm-hmm. keep food on their table, keep the lights on, transport them back and forth to the hospital, do whatever we have to do to make sure that, that they're progressing the way they should towards this child being cured. And if mom and dad can take a deep breath, oh, I don't have to worry about the mortgage payment, you know, then that's, that's huge, and that's what, that's what we do. And, again, we listen, and if there's something else we can do, we do it. And we've raised, we've raised the amount by 33% of what a family can qualify for, and we've never turned a child, never turned a family down. And if it's more than the prescribed amount, we'll take care of that too. And the total amount number that has been raised is $24 million that's gone to 5,700 families. If that doesn't inspire you, I don't know what will. And the Jay McGillis story is what, what – what created all this? 904-207-7070. Let's blow this number out of the water. Tom, I'm proud of you, man. Great to see you. Thank, Thank you, for Frank. Coming in. Thank you, guys. It. Appreciate your help. You guys are super. I'm telling you, the, the energy, the enthusiasm, the competitiveness, it's, uh, it's wonderful. We love to walk in here, it's wonderful. We love doing it. Back in a moment, 1010XL, 2.5 FM. Now, a 1010XL J-Fund Challenge Match. The Nimnik family of dealerships proudly supports the Tom Coughlin J-Fund. When you choose Nimnik, you're getting more than a great service or the best price guarantee on a new or pre-owned car. You're contributing to something bigger, a community that cares. Nimnik has been your friends in the car business since 1941. If you give now to help local families tackle childhood cancer, Nimnik will match donations up to $6,000. Call 207-7070 now. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. I'm Greg Huntington, one of the original Jaguars, and you're listening to the Tom Coughlin J-Fun Radiothon on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Call 904-207-7070 now. Sweet emotion is right, Hayes, as we wrap up today's show. It's almost time for takeaways. Just want to say thank you, of course, to all the listeners for everything that they have done because we are going to hit some amazing numbers, but time now for today's takeaways. Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. The takeaway is very easy today. Thank you to all the listeners, to all the companies that were so generous in their support of the Tom Coughlin J Fund. Just another outstanding performance. Well over $200,000 raised. Thank you guys so much. Yes, I'll I'll echo all that and say also thank you to the families who come in and share your stories because I know it is not easy to talk about something that difficult. And so we thank you. and, And yes, thanks to all the listeners for donating today. 
This Radiothon has grown every year, and it's all because of the community. Frank, there's national media in the past that have kind of dissed Jacksonville. I would like them to come to Jacksonville and write a story on the Tom Coughlin J-Fund Radiothon and the J-Fund in general and and see if their perception of Jacksonville has changed. Yeah, and and certainly the Peter Kings of the world certainly know uh, Mm -hmm. what a big deal it is. You're exactly right. Let me give you some more people that have donated a nice check. John Lundgren, $1,000. Thank you very much, John. Ann Allen, $1,000. Thank you to Ann. And William McVeigh. One thousand one hundred and sixteen. So Love thank that. you. Those are very good uh, donations. Thank you. Uh, we know we uh, we never we our six o'clock number will come in shortly. We know our total is two twenty seven two seventy nine without the five o'clock hour. So I'm going to guess that we are probably well into the two forties. Remember last year we did two forty nine seven eighty three, which was the most ever. I'm going to say we're going to hand it off to Rick Ballou in the two forties. I, I think I, that's I, right, I, and thanks to our friends from Nimnik for yeah, matching this you. five to six o'clock hour. Because, yeah, like you. you said, I think it's going to be a good hour. Certainly, great to hear from Tom Coughlin talking about how it all started with Jay McGillis yeah. and and just how it's grown. And, and Kelly now does such a great job, and it's amazing the amount of people that go into supporting these families. And, it, and it's awful that they have to go through it, the families themselves. No doubt about it. And yeah. uh, it's just uh, it's a it's a wonderful day. And uh, it's it's just been fantastic from the start. I mean, you look at it, what happened in the morning. I mean, it has just been th- this was uh, the equivalent of getting off to a, a 21 nothing lead in a football game. And you look up and now it's 52 nothing. I mean, yeah. it's uh, yeah. it has just been an unbelievable day. Uh, again, thanks to the listeners and, and our great partners. Yeah. And our listeners are going to go over a quarter of a million dollars today. It's amazing. It's pretty amazing stuff. It really is. So we're, we're proud to be part of it. We're humbled to be part of it. And uh, we're, I know my, my friend Rick Ballou is going to keep it going for two more hours with that. Say hello to Rick. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Rick Ballou is here. This is an amazing day, isn't it, Rick? What Impressive amazing. numbers. Uh, I'm seeing them now for the first time with our grid. Yeah. Just amazing. Yeah. And I'm not surprised. I mean, the listeners every year totally outdo themselves obviously it means as much to them as it does to us and that's really really saying something um i'm gonna do the best here to kind of turn some things up uh, in a few minutes and uh hopefully shatter uh the record of a year ago the gators will be playing in a half hour on the a.m so um which is great for for basketball fans so uh we're going to be pushing it hard on 92.5, the station, as well as the app over the next two hours. And uh, looking forward to record-setting numbers. You know, it's funny, Rick. I was thinking about this when Tom wrapped up a minute ago and seeing you walk in here because you've been around from the, from the beginning of the Jaguar stuff, too. Tom Coughlin is one of the greatest coaches of our lifetime. I mean, he won two Super Bowls. I mean, he, he went to four AFC Championship games. That means you're one of the greatest coaches of many of our lifetimes, and he is. He's one of the greatest coaches. The numbers say that. He should be in Canton, and I think he's going to be in Canton. But I think he would probably tell you this might be mm-hmm. the greatest legacy. You know that? Yeah. The amount of families and people that things help. I'm not sure when it happened, but I think most people can relate. There's a point in your life, and you know, I remember when I was a snotty-nosed kid in, in Boston and Christmas and accepting gifts. But there's a point in your life where actually giving something is better than receiving yeah, something. Right. And I don't know when that, that comes about. I don't know what the age is or what the situation is. And I know that that can be kind of lip service, but – at this point in my life, I love get, it. It's better to see someone smile when you give them something, whether it's a three-foot putt mm-hmm. or something that is 
incredible as this. So it's a great night, and I'm so proud of all the volunteers and all our listeners. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be emotional. I got a couple of guests coming up as well. Don't right. don't really know what to. I always, even though I'm given the paperwork prior to, that's right. That's right. Kind of like to be a little bit surprised by what the story is going to be, so I don't really, uh, you know, proof it. Just I, I want to be taken in in any direction that the story actually goes so it's always really emotional and that'll be the case tonight yeah i know well you can that's all coming up yes all, and, and some pretty good sports talking always no doubt well. rick thanks all right thank you uh rick and rick does a great job on this rick and i've done it together many years so he does a great job and he'll bring this thing home our goal right now is to get over two hundred forty nine thousand dollars. we did last year i'm telling you we don't have the six o'clock number yet but i'll bet we're in the 240s i'd be surprised if we're not folks that's our program thanks for being part of it tomorrow two to four for us we'll be back here we look forward to that For Hayes, for Lauren, for RJ, I want to thank you again, folks, for donating to the Tom Coughlin J-Fund. It's a wonderful cause, and I want to thank the J-Fund for letting us to be a very, very small part of uh, the wonderful work they do. It's a big deal to us. We're humbled by it. Thank you for allowing us to do this. Rick Ballou's next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.